This is a Boardwalk Audio podcast. I'm Nick. I love wrestling. I'm Brian. I love wrestling. I'm Steven, and I continue to hate wrestling. You Should Love Wrestling is a show where we continue to try to convince Steven that he should love wrestling. You should love wrestling, WWE, cause I love wrestling, a lot of loving for me. We on the podcast, Joey Cliff, Nick, and Steven, but Steven ain't wrestling, gotta make him a believer. I'm all hoping that I love Rick Flair, The Undertaker, Tombstone on the chair. So tune in every week, cause we got a new guest. You should love wrestling, cause it's the best, yes. Whenever you shop on Amazon, you can support our show by going to boardwalkaudio.com forward slash you should love wrestling. Click the support our artist button and then shop on amazon.com like you normally would. <laughs> oh, that was good. I love that. You one. Like that? We always yeah. try to find a new way how to say oh, that yeah. normally would. And it, you're, no, that's and, great. And, and by we, you just mean you, Nick. Well, <laughs> you're now really it's working just me. At, yeah, you're working hard on this one. Now so good job. Uh, well, today's guest is an actor, writer, director. You may know his uh, film that he directed that premiered at Sundance mm-hmm. called Blood Sucking Bastards, or LA locals may know him from his extensive work performing, producing, and teaching at the Pack Theater. Today, welcome to the show, Brian James O'Connell. Oh. BOC. Yay. Hey, Welcome to the coming. show, sir. Thank you for having me. I've been uh, looking forward to this for a long, long time. Yeah. Oh, Brian is one of the, the few guests who, like, as soon as he was like, like, we were like, hey, do you want to be on the show? And you were like, yeah. And then you immediately <laughs> sent over clips, like, within, like, two minutes. Oh, yeah. I had him in the holster, ready like, to go. Like, just take your time, send him over whenever you're ready. <laughs> and, like, the email came, and there's, like, a calendar invite. People are usually, like, it's, like, the day before, and they're like, oh, I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe something <laughs> with Sting. <laughs> <laughs> Brian had him ready to go. Oh, no. I've been I've been in on this for a good long while. Well, we're excited. Th- welcome. Thank you for yeah. coming. Thank you. Thank, thank you for you. your preparation. Uh, of course. So, so, Brian, what initially, originally, got you into wrestling? Mm. Uh, well, I grew up in North Carolina. My entire family is from Chicago, but they uh, they moved down uh, for weather and, and multitude of other reasons. Uh, so I'm uh, one of the few people in my family that was born in the South. And so just growing up in North Carolina, it's Mid-Atlantic Wrestling. It's NWA yep. territory, uh, Jim Crockett Productions and all that. So on Saturday mornings as a kid, you'd wake up really early and you'd watch your cartoons. And then at noon, that's when wrestling would come on. And everyone in your town, everyone in your state, everyone in your area watched wrestling they were those guys were gods um i grew up in a small town called high point north carolina uh it's part of the piedmont triad which is high point greensboro and winston-salem and greensboro is like the you know mecca it's central for uh mid-atlantic wrestling and jim crockett and nwa all the big really big pay-per-views uh starcade uh great american bash all that it's all greensboro or charlotte right uh right those guys i've got a couple documentaries of like when they went to chicago ironically i think they went to chicago for starcade 86 or 87 Mm -hmm. it was the first time they had done it out because they were trying to go national and it just did not draw the way it is and all the old timers now are like should never left greensboro (laughs) (laughs) We had right something there. special. Yeah, or like little things where like, you know, Dusty Rhodes is like, no, uh, nobody's going to outsell the shot of Kyle Thiem without the dream, brother. <laughs> okay. And not without the baby. Uh, well, he wasn't wrong. He wasn't wrong. Uh, Dusty is Greenboro. Yeah. <laughs> so so I want to, I, because I don't understand uh, wrestling, but especially mm-hmm. like uh, past is probably, you know, the very mid 90s. I have like no understanding at all. So is, is this, is this, and what we're watching And we're today, talking like this, late 80s. Yeah. yeah this is, is this is still territory 80s. days? These uh, are still the territory days. Mid-Atlantic was North Carolina, South Carolina, okay. uh, uh, Virginia, West Virginia, 
Um, and then uh, little pieces of here and there, but, you know, because G- Georgia had their own, even though those guys, I think at one point, uh, Dusty was booking both Georgia and uh, Mid-Atlantic Wrestling, and then you have Tennessee with Memphis and all those guys. Right, yeah. and then there was also d- the early days of, like, WCW, which was Jim Crockett <clears throat> promotions. Yeah, it didn't. I, I actually kind of stopped watching around the time that it became WCW, right. so I sort of missed all that. Um Another reason you asked me why I got really big into uh, to wrestling at the time is like my my dad uh, is disabled. He walks on straight arm crutches. Um, he was in a car accident in seventy eight. Uh, I was too young to remember him. My older sister kind of remembers him, but as far as I can remember, it's my dad just walking on crutches. Hmm. Um, and there was a uh, that's there was a big guy at the time, and still to this day, my favorite wrestler of all time is Magnum T A. Oh yeah, he was a uh, <laughs> very big, very handsome. He got the nickname. His name was Terry Allen. He got the nickname Magnum T A because uh, of course Magnum P I was very big <laughs> mm-hmm. at the time and he had the mustache and he was beautiful and you know, a big long blown and he had the mullet. tits and ass to go with it uh-huh, uh-huh. He was very, that's right that's very right. athletic and he was getting ready to give a big push uh Chesapeake, he was being virginia yeah he was being groomed to sort of Ooh. go up against rick flair to right. take the title he was gonna be a world champion and he was uh he wrecked his uh uh, his Ferrari. He was in a one-car accident. Mm-hmm. They told him he'd never walk again, and he certainly didn't wrestle again. Oof. So there's a uh, very famous video um, uh, that you can find on YouTube of uh, him finally uh, coming back in front of the fans. He's walking very slowly with a cane right. and a sling, uh, and Dusty Rhodes is walking with him with a, a custom-made... Uh, not spray painted, like uh, airbrush T-shirt of himself and Magnum TA, <laughs> and they go up uh, and they're taking a walk. And I think it's in like Virginia, Richmond, Virginia, and the crowd is going nuts. And to watch him stand in the middle of the uh, in the in the middle of the ring and just slowly turn around and look at everybody and just yeah. mouth the words "thank you," right? Thank yeah, you. and crying like me as like a six seven year old kid, and when that like that was my dad. Like to me, that was my dad, and like th- these guys are super. And my dad's always been my hero. Yeah. So to actually see guys, I'm like, it's like watching, it's like watching Superman. Uh, it's like watching Clark Kent take off the glasses, wink at you, and then turning to your left and realizing that your dad is the exact same guy. <laughs> so from, from that moment, I was like, I'm, I'm in. This is, this is my life. And my, my dad took me. To events, I'm Eric Moneypenny and I, and even Brandon Stroud, who writes for mm-hmm. Uprocks for With Spandex. Correct, uh, yeah. We're we're I think we're all pretty much convinced that we were at the exact same uh, Starcade in Greensboro in '85. We were like, wait a minute, what did it have the match where it was like yeah. Paul Jones and Jimmy Boogie Woogie Man Valiant, and it was a hair versus hair match? We're like, yes, it was. We're like, oh my god, wow. We were all ten years old in the exact same thing, and that's in Greensboro. crazy. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, real quick uh, trivia out there for listeners: Magnum TA went to go on for commentary to do, uh, in NWA, WCW. Mm-hmm. Uh, was a manager for a little bit in there, and it seems like he had a little. Uh, appearance in wwe for a very uh, brief amount of time, very yes. very brief yep. amount of time and then this accident uh he he wrapped his porch around a a, a telephone pole and the accident caused his c4 and c5 vertebrae to quote explode explode yeah jesus it's, fucking christ it's interesting because you do think about like somebody like magnum ta and like what he would have gone on to have done I mean, oh he'd I'm, been one of the greatest of all time yeah 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 he'd, oh, he'd be right christ. up there when people talk about rick flair and all those other yeah people. that's crazy you know, the great thing steven here's one of the other reasons why you should love wrestling <laughs> is because these are guys that um it's all they're all in for the storytelling and all that uh so one of my comedy partners jeff hawkins mm-hmm. who 
I do a two-man show with him, Billy Hawk. We've traveled all over the country. He's a huge – he's from Virginia. He's also a huge wrestling guy. Uh, he, he does his own podcast, Shake Them Ropes, which is a kind of a big podcast now. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Tell him to come on. <clears throat> I, will, I, will absolute, I will absolutely do that. Shake the Ropes. Um, <laughs> But his favorite his favorite wrestler of all time is Tully Blanchard, who's one of the yep. Four Horsemen. Tully Blanchard went to Magnum's uh, because they, the Four Horsemen and Magnum TA were in a, in a feud at the time. Tully Blanchard went to Magnum's hospital room and said, "Hey, I've got a great idea for an angle, <laughs> and can, can I have your permission to cut a promo to say that I was the one that cut your brakes?" <laughs> and they Ma- never stop working. Yeah, they never stop working. And Magnum and his like. That's a great angle, brother. You go for it. Do it. It's great. And he did. Yeah. He went and comes like, yeah, everybody. I'm the one that cut Magnum's brakes. Oh like you talk God. about get real heel heat where they use real life stuff. Yeah, yeah. Because I, because so I know, because I know that they brought that. Because I've heard that. I know that they that they brought that in. But I didn't know that he like there was the whole. Like, I need your blessing. In, in oh yeah. Hospital. Funny. I mean, of course, I'm sure he gave him permission. Yeah. But that's funny to hear that yeah. story. They're oh my God. Like, yeah, they're carnies through and through, man. Oh man. And the four horsemen. Those yep. are the ones that got scared off by RoboCop, right? Uh, that's w- much later in WCW, way later. but that's but the I just Sting want that's the and same. his good friend <laughs> Robocop. Robocop, Robocop. <laughs> yeah, because that was I don't even. I honestly got that that clip uh, is so ridiculous. I don't remember who was on the receiving end. Was it the later new Four Horsemen? Yeah, I believe that oh, at that point they had Jeff Jarrett and Mongo, it was like Malenko or whatever, whoever was even oh, okay. at that yeah. point. So yeah, they, yeah. Steve, Steve McMichael, aka Steve, yeah. Mongo from the '85 Bears, which of course my dad, you know. Being from Chicago, we're huge Bears fans. Sure. So yeah. it's like, hey, Steve McMichael, I'm good for him. I like him. They're just so That's they're just funny. handing off a name for horsemen to just whoever. Yeah, the, sort of. the, the classic <laughs> horseman is you know is Arn and Ole Anderson, yep. Tully Blanchard, and then Ric Flair and their manager yeah. J.J. Dillon. Those were those were the golden years. And uh, then usually, yeah, as like on, guys. stables <laughs> get formed and reformed yeah. and broken up, and it's like let's bring this thing back, and it's like then they you know they piss all over. It's yeah, great. Lex Luger was in there at one point. Yeah, we could we could do a whole years and years. Of podcasts on just of uh, when will Sting figure out that Lex Luger is not his friend? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. When? I had an Arbor Day in the Four Horsemen. Like I don't know. I, was, I, was, I don't think Lex Luger's many of anyone's friend these days. No, no, not at I this mean, point. You know, now maybe he's back. We haven't, in some we haven't good really graces. touched a lot of Lex Luger. He's not that interesting. He's great. Not, he's just not that fucking interesting. Fuck him. Well, you know what is must be interesting then, what? right? Mm. Uh, Brian brought in a whole bunch of clips today, yes. oh, yeah. revolving around. Uh, I'm going to say Ron and jimmy garvin versus mm-hmm. the midnight express oh yes right? so yes. we're gonna we're, we're gonna start off with hearing the theme songs for both these guys but let's try to like broad strokes before we dive too mm-hmm. deep into it what is why these guys why this rivalry uh what what got what and, and, made you bring know this instantly and yes. why you love the garvins so much oh mm-hmm. yes um uh, well uh back in the day in nwa uh it was a territory that was built around uh the four horsemen for sure and rick flair for sure uh it was a heel territory which means uh the top guy was always a heel and the good guys were chasing i think uh dusty Rhodes, who's one of the biggest stars in the history of uh, professional wrestling i think uh i think he held the title like all of two times <laughs> because of the money the money's in the chase baby yeah uh yeah. watching that guy uh you know in the dusty finish but it was uh, also built around tag teams and the number one tag you can make your arguments for the old timers who are like oh the kentuckians are, are the best uh, tag team <laughs> doing my jr there but uh it is the midnight Express versus the Rock and Roll Express. The Rock and Roll Express were the young, you know, uh, high flying guys, and they were the rock 
lockers, all that. Uh, who yeah. knows that you could take? Who knew that you could just take two average-looking guys, <laughs> take, call them rock stars? Yeah, take the sleeves off their t-shirts, put a couple of bandanas around their knees, and woo, ladies would love them. <laughs> uh, the Midnight Express, which was uh, managed by Jim Cornette, yep. one of my faves. Uh, that was the big uh, rivalry. Uh, so that gets all the press. That gets all the you know the hazanas. Uh, right. But Jimmy Garvin was one of the. Uh, no, uh, excuse me, Ron Garvin. Ron, the hands of stone. Garvin mm-hmm. was the like the one of the big workers in the town. And, like he was always a baby face that was like just one below, if not two below. You know, Dusty Rhodes and and Magnum TA and those guys. So he kind of filled in like sort of the uh, the baby face good guys. And he never really like he only like was world champion i think once and that was sort of like a, a thank you for all of your years of service work, yeah. yeah yeah but um and he was always like a pretty straight-laced guy uh he was just his promos were uh, let me tell you something about ronnie <laughs> garvin ronnie garvin uh <laughs> fights for the people and does good things i just he's just uh, he is a white hat wearing motherfucker yeah, yeah. uh and then his jimmy garvin uh who is his brother in real life it's his uh it's a stepson. Uh, stepson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, stepson. So that was his way to sort of get him in the business. And they brought him in uh, originally as a bad huh. guy. Flashy. Yeah, K-Fabe brothers. K-Fabe K-Fabe brothers. brothers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's super flashy. He's got the uh, he's the guy that cheats to win. Right. Uh, he's uh, he's not really a chicken shit heel. Like, he'll cut corners and all that. But, mm-hmm. like, he's a tough guy and he'll beat up stuff. And he's got, like, you know, he's got the valet, the sexy blonde and all that. And they did that just to have it be like, well, you know, like, so Ronnie Garvin can cut the promo of, like, I think everybody knows out there that uh, sometimes you got got a black sheep in the family and, uh, <laughs> and uh he's my brother but i would never i would never fight my brother like they did that mm-hmm. whole thing for years and years to lead up to this angle right which is what is the one thing that could make jimmy garvin turn from a heel to a baby face to finally come in and then they took the most evilest guys the midnight express yeah. and jim Cornette, and they lit him up with a fucking ball of fire <laughs> and that like jimmy garvin and, and so to hear like like we were talking about before like I don't care if you're black, white, young, old, stupid, smart. There's nothing better in wrestling than friendship-based wrestling. Right. So when two bad guys are beating up a good guy and a good guy, his buddy, runs from the back and chases off the two bad guys to even up the odds, the crowd loses their minds. Well, yeah. And they still do friendship. Fairness! Fr- friendship oh, yeah. things Fairness! Still, still work yeah. now. Friendship mm-hmm. things still work now, mm-hmm. especially when they break up or when they inevitably, inevitably get back together or whatever the story oh, is. Like, yeah. For instance, they're even doing it now, currently, Stephen, to just kind of set it for wrestlers that you're at least maybe a little more familiar with. Uh, most recently, Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho just had a big friendship breakup at the Festival of Friendship, friendship which yeah. we saw a clip of when we went to Monday Night Raw Live, if you uh, recall. Did we? Yeah. Nah, Kevin Owens throws Chris Jericho into his Jeritron 6000. Yeah. Perfectly executed with the whole like list of... Why, why is my name on here? <laughs> what God! Is yeah. <laughs> oh, good God, you monster! Yeah, that so, TV had a family! Yeah, so there's there's children and rednecks going, No! Yeah. No! And no he was your friend! And then there's guys like me and Nick going, Oh, well done. <laughs> oh, I know. Well, it's just like, so, oh, oh, God, God, that was oh, well so played. well done. Yes. Just, yeah. Perfect you, chess move. This is, uh, before <laughs> we get into the Garvin, what do you yeah. think of the DIY breakup? <gasps> uh, I think they had to do it because they needed those guys to do different things once they brought them up yeah, to the main room. Was very well done. Yes, uh, they are in a fantastic uh, tag team yeah. in NXT. I don't think they. I don't think they draw two wooden nickels. At yeah. SmackDown, right? And I, I don't think I just don't think Vince knows what to do with it. I don't think so. Smackdown. Not at the moment, unfortunately. But he's like, but you know, someone a hunter goes like, well, these guys are great cruiserweights, and they got to, yeah, you know, they're they're just as big of a deal on the Indies as you know Austin and those guys. And you know, all right, put a yeah, put them put them in there with the right booking. 
Gargano could be a version of Daniel Bryan if they did it right. Yes. If they did it right. And, and I, I also Tomas, th- like with the with the bald head and the big beard and the cruiserweight, like he looks like he looks like that dude from uh what's his name in that video game, uh, Gods of War. Uh, uh, Kronos. Yeah, he looks like like you could make. He'd be a great heel. Champa could go on a tear too. Oh hell yeah, great heel. That's what I mean. Yeah, but they don't. But they don't. And then he got hurt. Yeah. And I was well, they're both kind of hurt, I guess. Now, yeah. I don't know. Anyway, that's a sidebar. I was just curious what your current thoughts are. No, no, we just like to have little conversations. (laughs) Does Terry Garvin really factor into any of this at all? Doesn't seem like Terry Garvin's kind of out of the picture with all this. Yeah, at this point, Terry, um, because the original Garvin, yeah, who's also not actually named Garvin, not actually named Garvin. Yeah, Terry is kind of what brought Ronnie into the business, and then Ronnie did the same thing with Jimmy, bringing him in. Um, and then, but it was also good to like to pair them up because Jimmy is one of the best talkers. Yeah, he's awesome. Ever, yeah. Uh, he eventually went on to become like one of the Freebirds, which I was like, I don't know how you can just you, you make an oil, and vin- <laughs> you make an oil and vinaigrette salad dressing. You don't make an oil and oil salad dressing. Like yeah. Michael P. S. Hayes doesn't need any help talking. Same thing. It's yeah. like you've got the fabulous Freebirds, and then you later add like what's like okay, now we're adding new Freebirds. Yeah. It's, it's it's why Heidenreich worked in the Legion of Doom so well. Exactly. We all know how that turned out, Stephen. You know what? Yeah. My thoughts exactly. <laughs> hey, let's go to a clip of those theme songs. Okay, great. So the first uh, song you heard there was Jimmy Garvin's uh, theme song for WCW, uh, WCW, I believe. Uh, ZZ, and Top. ZZ Top. ZZ Top. Top Sharp Dress Man. Man. Totally makes sense. Hundred percent. And it just uh, he takes it and just heightens it to the next level. Yeah. yeah. And he kind of looks a little bit like. It makes sense with the hair and the beard and all that. You're like, here's these actual rock stars. Yeah. And then with all the sequence, because the thing is, he's using Sharp Dress Man, but he's actually, his gimmick is actually, uh, his gimmick is actually Diamond Dave. Yep. He's doing a David Lee Roth impression. Huh. Oh, totally. 100%. 100% with the white gloves it. and all that shit. You can yeah. see it in the shit that he's wearing. Absolutely. Yeah. But it's a southern, <laughs> it's a southern, uh, it's a southern territory, so you gotta yeah. do ZZ Top. Yeah. And he can travel with it, and then he can go to AWA. <laughs> Look, and it's totally Diamond Day. Uh, 100%. Uh... But then, man, like, oh, oh it's my so hair's funny. so beautiful. And it's just way, it's it's wonderful because it's back in that day where you actually could get away with using popular songs as your, yeah. as your theme right. songs. Yeah. <laughs> now they'd be suing the shit out of you. Oh, hell or yeah. they got to pay for the rights. Yeah. yeah. Like, as we said, Cult of Personality. For CM Punk, yeah, when yeah. he came back. Yeah. Uh, yeah, watching so this that. clip, I was like, well, I hate him. So yeah. <laughs> I guess, I guess See, I that's great. Him. I love yeah. him. I'm like, oh, oh I, I mean, if you also really love this character, if, if you look, I mean, He's got gorgeous eyes, but also if you look into the crowd and see like these people are my people, you yeah. know, uh, who like went with their families and like this is like the two dollars they could scrape together to go mm-hmm. to a TV taping here, uh, <laughs> literally inside just a brown brick building yeah. <laughs> that they're just in. And none of these people can afford this life to have like so with all the spray paint. It's basically like hey. Hey, you hate fags, don't you? <laughs> look at this guy. So. Look at this. Look at this fag that's also having sex with your wife. Right. You hate that, this guy. And I absolutely, and that's hate this absolutely guy. the way they it's would 100%. used to get like those southern. Because you, yeah. I'm you were there. Yeah. I'm sure that's that's. Th- yeah. This is what what got people fired yeah. up at the yeah. time. He, like these guys, like he did it. You know, uh, Rick Flair did it for a good long while, but Flair yeah. is 
again, a genius, so he can play face or heel. Oh, absolutely. The exact same I mean, that thing. guy's untouchable. Ravishing Rick Rude, like, all yeah. that stuff, like... It's the same thing. Like, here's this impossibly good-looking dude that's going to steal your girl, and he's kind of like... And your face is on his tights. Yeah. And, <laughs> and he's also a little kind of kind of light in the loafers as well. And uh-huh. you hate that. Don't yeah. You hate that. And again, uh, I... Th- I I'm am not, threatened by this. This is 1985 uh, heel heat. Like, I, I certainly don't condone it. It would not work today. Sure, yeah. Nor should it work today. <laughs> yeah. But at the time, you're like, yeah, if you come this in with is- furs and, and, and <laughs> big cars, there's nothing that rednecks hate worse than being told that... Um, um, they you have more money than them. Uh-huh. Uh, that you don't mind uh, getting gussied up uh, and, yeah. flaunt, and flaunting that money uh, and being yeah. pretty. And gussied uh, up, I love that term. I use yeah. it sometimes. It's not used yeah. enough. I and love then, gussied and up. And then like kissing your girlfriend. Like I think Jimmy used to do a thing too, where he would come down the aisle and he would like uh, stroke. Like he would like stroke a girl's face just to get the boyfriend or husband all worked up <laughs> uh-huh. and like, trying. There was That's someone, great. I can't remember who, there was some wrestler that actually came down and had business cards and would like give either his business card or his hotel room key to the great. woman. That's always right there, good. Just right in front of the husband. Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, I also, I, I've uh, I've been trying to do this lately and I don't think it's working. Instead of gussied up, I like to say uh, whoring things up. I tried to whore it up Try and I was like, up. I'm taking it back. I told my girlfriend, I was like, I'm taking it back. I'm like, I think whoring up sounds Oh, nice. you're empowering yourself, <laughs> Stephen? <laughs> yeah. I was like, I was like, it's time we take it back. I was like, I think it sounds nice in a way. And she's like, you can't do that. And I'm like, fair <laughs> enough. Uh, but I still want it to be out there. Oh, it's funny. All right. So the second uh, theme song we oh, heard, yes. maybe should we just cut to it now since we talked about it? Yeah, so yeah let's just do it. Real All quick. right. Second theme song. Let's get, go to it right now. Second theme song we heard uh, is the theme, one of the themes for Midnight Express. Yeah, the yes. it's film, the Midnight chase Express. theme. Chase theme by Giorgio Moroder, the yeah. the grandfather of Italian disco. This yeah. guy's mm-hmm. this the flair of uh, of mu- of of influence that this guy has created in music it's, is in literally fucking everything it's you insane. hear, especially current pop. Like oh, this yeah. guy's stamp is on everything. Everything, yeah. And that and this this type of sound, like Italian disco stuff too, it goes away and it comes back every mm-hmm. eight yeah. years. It's yeah. It's a little like uh, he also should be noted. He won an Academy Award for this original score that yep. featured this song. So Midnight Express. This or is the a movie Academy. Midnight Express, yeah. which is uh, for me always very funny. Where so it's 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 strange. We're like, yeah, we're the Midnight Express because it was a big movie at the time. Yeah, yeah. It got won the Oscar and all that, and they're the bad guys. I'm like, this is about a guy in a Turkish prison. Yeah. Where he's like, he's like, there's a scene where a guy, and if you're the if you're the if you're listening to this podcast and if you have the squeamish, you might want to like la 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 for a couple of seconds. Yep. There's a scene where a guy has a cockroach underneath his skin and cuts it open with a razor blade mm-hmm. to let the cockroach out, <laughs> and it's based Roughly. on a true story. And these guys went, man, this would be a great song to wear pink tights <laughs> and wrestle. <laughs> like what? We gotta let everybody know. Also, I like how you said he, he cut he cut the cockroach to let it out. Out. He wasn't going to kill that cockroach. He wanted it to be free. Well, I mean, well, at that point, they're their only friends. The only people they could talk to were cockroaches and rats. Yeah. Right? That's why my favorite tag team of the 80s was Solo, 120 Days of Sodom. <laughs> <laughs> Google it. <laughs> Don't get it. Love it. I 100% get that reference. Hat tip well done. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah. So like, the Midnight Express, you're like, and they were like, yeah, and they were beautiful Bobby and, and, and uh-huh. pretty boy Dennis Condry. Like, of course, they're not a 
attractive men at all. At all. Well, uh, maybe we, maybe so, Stan Lane. Stan Lane's a little. We bit always of a look, say right? that on on this on the show is that when you look at a lot of these clips of like guys in like the eighties, they were like thirty one. They're like yeah. as old as yeah. I will be in ten years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm because I'm, I'm 21 years old. Uh, they're like 31, 32. They all look like they're 60. They're yeah. all dads. They've been yeah. forever. Because they've been working seven days a week yeah. for 11 <laughs> years before they even got on TV. Right? Because you had to so you had you had to start at like 16, 17, and earn your way up. And just like the body type was just so oh, different yeah. back then. Yeah. But they're like, but they're but you think about it, when you see them in real life, like they're massive. Like yeah. they are still like sort of freaks of nature. But yeah, the mid the Midnight Express theme. I'm just like. Wow, this, this song. Okay, and also you're kind of come. You're coming out to disco. Yeah, that's not that tough. Like when the Road Warriors came out to Iron Man, you're like, and they look, they look like legit the guy from the Road Warrior with the yeah. football yeah, if pads. You get near they, them, you're you like, get hurt. these guys are gonna kick the shit out of them. <laughs> yeah, they invented right. the Chicago street fight. They were both from Chicago. Uh-huh. And you're like, I am Iron Man. You're like, oh fuck, oh, yeah, look you at get these it monsters right do, 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 do. I thought do, do, about do, do, this do, do, a lot. Do, do, do. And they're fighting those guys. <laughs> like, Pretty dangerous. Yeah, super dangerous. Walk, cut, like walk out music. Same for like baseball. Like walk, walking up to the plate music. There's that you have to think a lot about what comes up mm-hmm. to it because yeah you hear this disco music and this is like i'd immediately be like nah this ain't these guys aren't cool but mm-hmm. uh brian have you ever thought about what your song would be if you when you want you go up to the ring do you have any oh, oh what your uh, entrance well, theme I, would I, be? I, I do something. have a professional wrestling character that i do um oh, yeah? that yeah i used to do it for a show called cut that promo that josh tariff used to do at io and he does it over at the west side uh now mi's yeah. uh, west side that's just too far for me to get and he does that wednesday nights at 10 where i'm like well i teach at the pack so yeah. that's mm-hmm. never gonna happen yep. uh but that was uh that was uh that was the redneck silverback JT Harity. <laughs> and it's just me doing like my my perfect version from it's kind of actually it's kind of like Ronnie Garvin, but with like Jimmy Garvin's mouth. Uh, and like a little bit of Stone Cold thrown in there. Yeah. Um, yeah, the JT stands for just in time because it doesn't matter if it's Greensboro, North Carolina, Tokyo, Japan. I arrive at the exact appropriate moment to deliver an ass whipping. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. That's so, good. Wow. He's uh, on time. Oh, yeah. I got it. Very all, punctual. Oh, I got a great one. That's one of the first, uh, one of the first few times I met, uh, uh, my good friend John Morrison, aka Johnny Mundo. Yeah, that's right. And, uh, and then, and then, um, uh, God, oh, I'm blanking on his name. Uh, it'll come to me in a second. Uh, My good friend, I can't remember his no, name. Not, no, John Morrison. The, the, first, the first time I'd ever met, and the first time I ever met RoboCop. But yeah, uh, like it was just me cutting a promo on Josh Tariff because he got his start as an indie uh, wrestling referee. Okay, so like the very first thing is like, uh, can anyone? Oh, Tariff was a referee. Oh yeah. Oh, he said, I didn't know like that. he's a manager now. He's even wrestled. Like he's like, oh, okay, yeah, he's gotten in shape and done it. Uh, Interesting. A couple different pro, uh, like IWL and a couple other indie ones. Hmm. I was just like, yeah, can anyone tell me? what kind of alternate reality nightmare scape I've walked into where an independent <laughs> wrestling referee is sitting in judgment of me. <laughs> I'm like, I'm just, oh, I'm just great. getting mad. I'm like, Oh, wait a shoot. For, like his nickname is tax man for tariff. Oh, okay. It's like, yeah, wait a shoot for the bottom tax man. Did you just think the entire world was filled up with libraries and librarians? <laughs> is, was janitors? He, is the IRS's 16th cousin? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I get it. It's a great gimmick. Yeah. So, a great gimmick. so my, my walkout music was a, a music from, uh, it's called the one two three four breakdown uh, from a group called the uh, the Cousin Lovers, which is an amazing. Oh. It's a local. They're from Los Angeles. Uh, they were they were a bluegrass band mm-hmm. that thought they were a rock band, so they would do great covers of like Fight the Power. Okay, and like wow. this, yeah, d- uh, Tim, who was the mandolin player and the lead singer and a great songwriter. He sounded. You close your eyes. He sounds exactly like Elvis. Huh. 
Uh, but he, the big thing for him is that he signed a two hundred fifty thousand uh, dollar exclusive songwriting deal with uh, DreamWorks okay. uh, Music Group, and so he couldn't get any of his stuff published. And so he was doing this for off to the side for like his love of uh, bluegrass music. Yeah, uh, put together this super band, and they would just give away their music because he couldn't literally could yeah, not sell it, it legally. Yeah. Oh my God. So he was like, yeah, the song's like, one, two, three, four. As much as I like your rendition, let's just go to a clip of it real quick. Let's do it. Just kidding. I couldn't find it. Now let's go back to the show. Now let's watch our first clip from this whole thing. So this is from the NWA, February 21st, 1987, from the Charlotte Coliseum in Charlotte, North Carolina. Mm -hmm. It's the Midnight Express with Jim Cornette and Big Bubba versus Ron Garvin and Barry Windham for the NWA United States Tag Team Championship. Good job, Stephen. Mm -hmm. Oh, man, it's a real mouthful. A lot of details. Look them all up. Have no idea if they're right. Go to a quick clip. This is the first moment of this whole uh, this feud, this thing that kicks it off. And you said you had mm-hmm. it has this moment that you really love in it, where we have the good guy, the good guys helping fight off the bad guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then um, they, 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 you talk a lot about who's like who's on the Mount Rushmore when it comes to professional wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can go back for I mean, obviously the Rock has, has to be on there, and Austin, and then Ric Flair. And you can you can make your arguments of like Undertaker on that. If there is a wrestling manager, Mount Rushmore. Uh, it begins and ends with Jim Cornette. And, He's on and, the top for me. And, and Jimmy the Mouth of the South Heart. Yeah, Jimmy Hart's right? amazing. And then you can make your J.J. Dunn's on that. And then here, um, Jim Cornette uh, playing the uh, the rich little mama's boy gimmick. And he throws Ooh. a fireball into yeah. Jim. Great uh, fireball. Into Ron Garvin's face. It's the first time he had ever done this. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, backstage, Dusty Rhodes says, uh, you're going to throw the fireball in his face, baby. <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, there's Barry Windham. You talk about you yep. know IRS. Um uh, that's uh, Mike Rotunda, who is, uh, uh, what's I, it? Yep. He's, IRL, uh, uh, yeah, he's uh, uh, Bray Wyatt's dad. Bray yep. Wyatt's real name is Wyndham. And, and Bo Dallas, yeah. yeah. Oh, well, that's yeah. right, yeah, his first name yeah, is Yeah, because Wyndham. he's named after Barry Wyndham because Barry Wyndham and Mike Rotunda are best friends. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so this is the first time. So you see, you know, Jim Cornette's uh, <clears throat> shaking his hand, like, you know, raising his hand <laughs> victory on that. Here's all the good guys. The Rock and Roll Express are out there. You see, uh, that's a, I think that's Bob Orton out there as well in the singlet. And then you see, you start hearing like, what's this? People come in, they're starting putting, uh, you know, stuff around his face. Yeah, and there comes Jimmy Garvin and the, and the announcers and Tony Schiavone are going insane. Like, what's, what's Jimmy Garvin doing out there? Because he's a bad guy. Yeah. yeah. He's a never, and then they proceed to um, do what I like to call, as a filmmaker, one of the greatest fluid masters I've ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. This unknown... And I agree. Yes, this mm-hmm. unknown camera operator that from a live match, he sat there and waited the entire time, yep. shooting the match. He has to remember how to do the match as well. Yeah. And then he goes through the crowd at the back behind the... Uh, Follows over, them to the entrance Over the shoulders of uh, the Rock and Roll Express and... Uh, and Precious and Jimmy Garvin and Ron Garvin and Bob Garvin, all these guys. It's uh, he's pulling his own rack focus. Yeah, the, the the there's camera flashes. There's real live people. This is all in one take. Now they, they're going backstage. Now they're going backstage into into overhead fluorescent lighting into uh into the good guys room 
everyone is hitting their marks Everybody's perfectly. where they're supposed to be. Look at this look over his shoulder that Jimmy Garvin gets when he goes, wait a minute. No. <laughs> this injustice will not stand. He can't he find the door. He opens it. She's like, no, hallway. Jimmy. Kicks in the door. <laughs> fucking finds Jim Cornette. There's a wire to get out oh, of the way. Oh, my God. Yeah. Jim Cornette is screaming. All yeah. the bad guys are trying to pull Jimmy Garvin. All the good guys come in. It's kayfabe because the bad guys and the good guys never share the and same. And this is like pandemonium, by oh, the way. it's insane. This is a, like, and this is a live feed going into the audience, so everyone yeah. is watching this happen in real time. And yeah. every, like we said, everybody's in the room they need to be in Now they pull place. them out. The guys in the good guy locker room have known to time themselves, so they're coming out at the exact same time. There's Ronnie. In this the dark stairwell Dark stairwell. Area. They're going you outside. You see the camera the switch. Uh, they try to lighten it up in just a second here. There yeah, 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 yeah. There's their night vision. Yeah, he just flips it. These are those old, big old VHS. Uh, yeah, you can tell because right. of those trailing lights. They yeah. have all, like, super 80s, yeah. shitty camera. I worked mm-hmm. with these in high school, at, yeah. uh, like, in one of my uh, yeah. like <laughs> film and television production classes. Yeah. And they do a little skywriting. Yeah. It's outside. A little skywriting, yeah, with the lights and things. It is, uh, you can't really tell here, uh, but I've watched this many 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 times it is lightly raining oh it's really just, it's just a drizzle of rain and here's my favorite part like look at the car they put him in this is like a brown like <laughs> oh yeah brown... i can see the rain on the windshield yeah it's like a brown bmw right right yeah so it's jimmy's car and then they drive him off to the airport or like to, i'll drive him off to the hospital yeah Right, and they hold and they hold and they hold, and then they cut perfectly right back to gorgeous Jimmy and just and going like all live, <sighs> live in one, one take. take. That's cra- That's some true one detective take. shit right it's there. Incredible, yeah. It's incredible. suck it, true detective. Yeah. yeah, season one is the one that we're talking about. What now, Snake Eyes? Yeah. <laughs> and then I, I love that, but then also I'm I'm very big into promos. Obviously, I love that because you know we're improvisers and yep. sketch comedians and filmmakers, so we love you know doing and actors and doing that. Uh, this guy doing this live. And you hear in the background, so he's doing this live in front of a bunch of people as well. And Jimmy Garvin, you talk about a face turn. You talk about cutting a two-minute promo. It's just like, I know, uh, you know, I think to myself, God, gorgeous Jay, what are you doing? You know, like, I, this should have happened to me. Yeah. Like, I'm the guy that cuts corners and, fi- and cheats. Ryan's yeah. always been a straight shooter. And he goes, but he takes that one moment where he looks in the camera and goes... I'm coming for you. You get my brother. Blood's thicker than water. And, that, and everyone's just like, I don't care what I felt about Jimmy Garvin before. Brothers, I'm stand yeah. up for brothers. I'm, he's like, I'm getting Blood you is thicker than water. He was like, yeah, and I'm coming for you, you big fat slob bubba. Like, he just, he, for the next year, they could have run this. Right. So when they did this, this was in February. Yeah. And then, then they go, like, in April, like, not even two months, not even a full two months later. Yeah. They're like fighting those guys and they're into it with the Midnight Express. And he's getting his hand on Cornette. Right. Like it's only because it was a mid card and they needed this to like time and a half or whatever. It's probably for like the Rock and Roll Express, like probably one of those guys. Had yeah, probably to get to the next heel. Yeah. yeah, but like you could have run this for a year. Yeah. They run this for a year on that. And think of like if they had done this for a year and they had gotten the championships and they had held the belts mm-hmm. and they gone around that. The day that Garvin, like Jimmy Garvin, would turn on Rodney Garvin again, like how heartbroken. Of course, yeah. Everyone would be like, it's, no! it's always going to come you, again. It's always going to, yeah. That's the old adage, Stephen, in, in, <laughs> yeah. in wrestling is that you put tag team, tag teams get put together to be broken up. The yeah. thing I understand watching this clip and how good this is back at this time, especially, oh, yeah. and why people like Jim Cornette. For as crazy as they are about certain things, why you you forget and, and why they look back at this time with rose colored glasses or oh, like yeah. the territory days and the crowds and and and, mm-hmm. and who would draw and, and how you could fill up an arena. 
I don't care what anybody says. When you watch this clip and you go back to, the, to these territory days, mm-hmm. there's just people, like we said, like they're just running into the ring. And it's like, mm-hmm. what's Jimmy Garvin out at doing out here? You can hear the crowd is so hot. It's unbelievable. They are into every single thing. They're they're like they're so into like what's happening in the Fans ring. Fans would run into the ring. They're going mad over yeah. headlocks. Yeah, <laughs> people are running into the ring and they can't even believe the people that are the, in the ring and what's happening. Every, Those crowds are so fucking hot, and you understand why for all the crazy things that, like we said, mm-hmm. like a lot of old timers say when they look back at these these times and they say like you just don't even understand you weren't fucking there and it's like just listen to those crowds. People gave a shit. Yeah. That's why it's like when, when you watch Raw now and it's like, why is the crowd dead? Because there's nothing to be invested in. Yeah. There's just fucking nothing. Yeah, these guys are, um, like, especially that entire decade of the 80s, like they always say, like, uh, no no heel traveled without a gun in their trunk. Right. You had to. It was the only way that you People could, would you attack could get you. out of some of those territories with your life. People you believed so hard, so hard, They would wait for it. You would have to, like, fire it. But they would fire it in the air, and everyone's like, oh, shit, it's a real gun. Like, yeah, and that's how they... But um, I have a particular theory. It's like the way that they, they say that bluegrass is redneck jazz. Yeah. Um, uh, professional wrestling, and Steve is already going to hate me for this, mm. uh, professional wrestling is just redneck shit. Shakespeare. It's mm-hmm. all there. It's this has blood, come up many times on, on the show. Blood, brotherhood, betrayal, theater, theater in the round, in the, round. the squared circle. There the groundlings right. were the guys that paid their three pence and made deals with whores on the front row. Yeah, uh, like to Shakespeare. They were whoring it up, right? <laughs> They're yeah, whoring it up. Yes, yeah. right, here just, <laughs> as, just, as, as, just as vaudeville is an mm-hmm. offshoot of Shakespeare and Carney is, is yeah. an offshoot of that. Wrestling is an offshoot of of, of that. And uh, I will say that for the one last thing, uh, of course, we won't get into like. Obviously, Japan has their own uh, grand tradition of wrestling. Of course, and yeah, yeah. And, and, and everyone does European, but when you talk about American mm-hmm. professional wrestling, mm-hmm. that is that is the key. That's the lead. Lucha Libre is its own version uh, for of that, sure. Too, sure. But when you talk about, um, I believe also that professional wrestling is the last true American folk art that is successful. You cannot, you can't, no one is selling out. There's no vaudeville anymore. Nope. Mm-hmm. Jazz is not selling out. Massive stadiums on that. They're not massive stars that get. Yeah, like, jazz is like quaint now. Yeah, I mean, right? let's face it. I mean, you can you get like jazz fest and all that kind of stuff, but they still right. have to bring in like you know blues traveler and all that. <laughs> There's nothing like no one's no one's lining up around the block to see a poetry reading sure. covering right. the entire album. Kind of blue. Here's John Popper. Exactly. <laughs> uh, and. Uh, yeah, so like professional wrestling is the last American folk art that is successful. That is still wildly professionally successful. You can yeah. have a career and become a millionaire and have millions and millions of fans and retire. The Rock is the number one box office star in the world. He is a third generation is wrestler. Even, uh, is a fan of right. Um, the it, Rock, if he had come. There's nothing to say that if The Rock had even started in music, yeah. he would be as big as Ed. Nothing, nothing does it quite like professional wrestling. I, nothing does it. I don't disagree with you. Yeah. That you, what you said about being the last great folk art, many, many folks have said exact that exact thing or a version of that yeah. statement mm-hmm. on this show. Awesome. Uh, the last great, great bastion not- of theater in the round. Yeah. Now, Stephen, I I want to know what because you're sitting over here, you know, sticking your tongue out. <laughs> so, Stephen, so now that we've we've kind of blasted you with all this information after mm-hmm. this match, what are you thinking? Do you agree with what Brian's saying? And also, I want to know what your thoughts are on what we're talking about about hot crowds and believability because I found that. Jimmy Garvin promo to be fucking believable. Yes. Really, really mm-hmm. believable. What do, what do you think? Is it realistic to you at all? Is it a hokey? 
Um, you know, I was watching this and I was actually trying to figure out like uh, like I didn't realize that, that was Jim Cornette doing the fireball at first because I yep. can't recognize most wrestlers. Yeah, sure. yeah. And I'm like, oh, wait, they're saying, oh, Jim Cornette, he's banned from this promotion for a year or something like that. <laughs> I'm like, oh, wait, would Jim Cornette do that? Like, I feel like that 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 was the first thing I thought. I was like, I thought Jim Cornette's Mr. Exposing the business like he can't do shit like that. Well, well, he's well, he that that's just what we what you know of him now, because yeah. he's, he's a podcast guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. but, but that that and, is part of the business. That's, that's the kind it. of stuff that he's saying like like don't make a what his his gripes are these days is like mm-hmm. don't let the people in and know that like the fire is a work yeah the entire mm-hmm. idea of the thing is to sell the fire like holy shit you just burned a man right yeah, like with that one point in that clip where like where ronnie garvin comes back he's got the like the yeah, bandage over the, the eye and the, yeah and it's all fucked up and bloody on that Real. that's all makeup yeah right. but that's incredible makeup yeah pretty damn good yeah they did yeah, a pretty I mean, good like, job he, he caught some of that is actually kind of probably real because he caught him a little bit he did he yeah like because again jim Cornette was like it's the first time i've ever done it on like, live tv <laughs> fireballs yeah uh you know so i don't know i'm watching this whole thing and uh uh, for, uh, we got th- this clip throws into the middle of chaos. Uh, if you guys want to watch it, it's always on our website, boardwalkaudio.com forward slash you should love wrestling. Yep. Um, but I was, it was just thrown in the middle. I was like, what the fuck is going on? What the fuck is going on? I don't understand. Was the um, pandemonium a little much for you to kind it was of a lot. It was a lot to like fully track. You're right. That was like a cool like master shot they did, the long take. That was mm-hmm. cool. Uh, you know, especially again doing it on like that 80s camera live on TV broadcast back to the audience and he's right in the plate. Like I actually was like, I was wondering what is cut together later because because this is this clip does feature uh ronnie garvin burned obviously cut together later, yeah, for later. and so i was like wait yeah. is this a cut to later or not but yeah you're right that's like right in the moment that's really cool mm-hmm. um but you know at the end of the day i'm still sitting there watching like this going like what the fuck is this chaos <laughs> uh, okay. i don't know i don't know why there's a fireball <laughs> happening i'm a little confused by that uh i don't know this, this bad this, guys and they and they cheat and they and they they're not afraid to get dirty right but why would the fire i don't know it just doesn't matter but then ultimately we go back to this thing that you say like it's the great american theater and it's like i guess that's fine but like it's just bad like to me that's almost <sighs> like saying uh, mcdonald's is the great american cuisine because it's successful i'm like i mean i don't want to claim that it's synonymous <laughs> though i mean mcdonald's mm-hmm. is like we I mean, unfortunately, America is really great at exporting our trash. Yeah. Like the like I think it was this generation of Japanese are the first to be uh, fatter than the the generation Mm -hmm. that came before them because it's Mm -hmm. because we sent the McDonald's and Wendy's and Burger King and Coca-Cola and Pepsi. (laughs) Right. I'll give you credit. That's a pretty decent analogy, Stephen. I'll give you credit on the McDonald's. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's a decent analogy. But but it is. Uh, And when I say when I say great, I guess it's not like because I've never been like popular equals success because i, I yeah that's I, silly <laughs> or a popular equals uh quality you're right i always right. hate that like right. well i don't know what you know all these people get down on coldplay but they've sold around like that's not that argument yeah. has never worked and then I, yeah. I can objectively still not like them just yeah. because other people like them i still like coldplay <clears throat> yeah they're great we'll talk about I'm that just, later I'm on i'm just using an example of like coldplay i could have also said nickelback <laughs> everyone likes to shit on nickelback i still hate i nickelback. still like <laughs> you would steven you would. Uh, i still like dave matthews band so we're all there <laughs> we're, we're all yeah there. we all got our we all yeah. got something uh, but like but when i talk about when i'm what i mean successful is that they're they're there it's doing it 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 definitely speaks and there's something to be said that like of the evolution of people's tastes and all that it gets passed down from father to son baseball used to get passed down from father to son america's yeah. great pastime on that baseball yep. has not 
for whatever reason, wrestling, the NFL is starting to see it wane because people know and like, yeah. I don't watch a bunch of NFL because I can't be like, yeah, hit that dude. He's not going <laughs> to know who his kid is when he's 38. Right? Like, I just can't get excited for it anymore. Yeah. Uh, but like, but professional wrestlers, like they have started to take care of those guys. Like those guys don't yeah. want to yeah. die when they're 49 and that's why they work so safe these days yeah exactly like for whatever reason wrestling has and will always continue to sort of just sort of dodge death's gun for whatever it is yeah and and like i said i i thought that was a pretty decent analogy that you gave on on, on, at face value but i agree with brian is that the difference is it's it's about quality nobody is saying like i i get what you're saying yeah the statement makes total sense the difference is that nobody actually thinks that McDonald's is the most quality burger yeah. you can get. And there's levels of quality even within era. That's why uh, even 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 within wrestling. That's why they call it the the different eras, the territory right. era, yeah. or you know the the ruthless aggression era of obviously the era that everyone is nostalgic for now. Right. Is the, uh, the, the attitude, attitude era. era. Yeah. Just like there's the, the Arch Deluxe era. <laughs> the okay, McDLT. I, I guess ultimately it just comes down to like, you know, it's sort of like you're saying is like the success argument just doesn't mean anything to me mm-hmm. in a way because I just like, yeah, who gives a shit? There's there's a lot of things that are successful mm-hmm. that are terrible. But yeah, I, I guess I, I guess I'm just watching it and I'm like, if it is, if it is like. If it is theater, I'm like, yeah, but it's like the worst theater. Like, I think it's is it though actor. because there's a wrestling movie that has a couple Oscars. The wrestler. The wrestler mm-hmm. is literally just by Darren Aronofsky, one of the greatest filmmakers there is currently. Doing, yeah, like of course, you know, and it, he just flat out ripped thing. off the, the the Jake the Snake section of Beyond the Mat. Oh, most right. definitely, a hundred percent definitely. That. And I don't, and I don't think you're wrong on that. But I, there is something like it's like, yeah, they they took that and raised it to a level like. Sure. Even even that, like the Jake the Snake documentary, you point that out, and I think that's fair. But it's like that is a story that's told better than what I feel like I see most of the time on WWE or any of these wrestling things. Oh, I'm uh, like these 100%. stories are weak. They take years to like fully develop and understand, and you're kind. Of, they're just so. I feel like a lot of times because. Um, it's told on such a big level. You're getting such a tiny piece of it. Like really, this moment, like in like in storytelling, like what a story circle would be. This is like the you know. Uh, I, I guess it's like you get everything you want, but it it's uh, comes at a cost for for uh, old Jimmy Jimmy Garvin here. It's like he's successful, but uh, at what cost? And he lost his brother. Like I I see this in movies all the time. But it's like this is the smallest part of storytelling, and it's gonna take you know a month to be to deliver that part, and sure, then the next part is going to be like now they're coming for the bad guy and that's going to take a month to t- but how's that Christ any different Almighty. how's that di- any different than television the walking dead doesn't do that the lost seasons of you, se- people right. didn't like fucking lose their mind for loss i guarantee you yeah. no one has been no one who's watched wrestling a wrestling angle that took a year to a year and a half that i mean they're still running the shield breakup angle basically for little bits and pieces sure yeah there's never there will never be a wrestling fan who will be more disappointed than any person who is disappointed about the way that lost ended right <laughs> right now, those people I, I i was directing a movie at the time in north carolina and we had to sh- we had to shift our schedule so that everyone could watch because a lot of our cast, like Steve Ag, was a huge Lost yeah. fan, yeah. and like our, our my first AD and a couple other folks were like, "Is there any way that we can like take Sunday off?" Of this Lost? <laughs> I was like, "You know what? That's fine. All right, yeah, sure. I, I, I get it. I never got oh, into it. Funny. I watched two episodes of Lost. I was like, this is going to take over my life. No, thank yeah. you. Yeah, I, I get it. I don't want And then they watched either. that, and the next day they were fucking furious. Well, I, yeah, that's because a reason. They were... Wrestling does a lot of things to piss me off, but never to that end, and certainly not after a year long angle. Yeah, it's because, as I've always said, when I watched. 
five minutes of the first episode, oh, they're in purgatory. <laughs> and I You're was right. And everybody You're always says, well, well, it's not really that. Yeah, it was. They were in fucking purgatory. Spoiler alert. I called it. I think yeah. I, I still ultimately I think you're right and I do have an issue with storytelling that is done poorly or takes too much time I mm-hmm. like I making a murder uh, yeah that that documentary series on Netflix sure. yeah, yeah I watched that and I clocked it first episode I'm like they're not gonna tell me the whole story they have a one hour maybe an hour and I love making a murderer it's it's parsed out so slow they're 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 like you know slowly poisoning you with the I felt story the same way about cereal it's like, cereals the same thing cereals very much that, that. even mm-hmm, the second mm-hmm. season of cereal, like mm-hmm. It's just that Cereal shit wasn't pisses me in. off. Yeah. I'm like, give me a real story. Like all superhero movies need to cut 30 minutes. Give me the story. Give me the real meat of it. Don't fucking try to like tease me. Give me like and like tell me all. Sure. Like, it's going to get good. But oh, there's, God. But there's you'd but hate you'd hate the new Twin Peaks if you aren't watching it. Then. I haven't watched it yet. Oh, you'll hate the new season. I hate it. I love it. Oh, really? Oh, okay, yeah. Cool. I, I love it, it as well. But at the, the last the last episode, I was like, uh, could we have maybe done like 16 instead of 18 episodes? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. But, to, but to your point, Stephen, as well, like that's television is also like that because there are good seasons and there are bad seasons. There yeah. are seasons you like more. Like to their credit, everyone likes to shit. Like everyone likes to shit on the second season of Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. To the Walking Dead's credit, they lost, they lost their showrunner show because... Right. <laughs> They uh, fucked them. Well, they fucked them on the budget because they uh, Weiner was claiming like he was in negotiations for Mad Men. Right. So all the money that was like half the money that was supposed to go to the budget for The Walking Dead went to Weiner. Yeah. And so like, yeah, there's like, it's just them walking around the woods. I'm like, yeah, because you know what's fucking cheap? Walking in the walking in the woods with exteriors. (laughs) That's that's all they could do. Do you? They had a whole different season, right? But like, but then season four of The Walking Dead, you're like, this is the tits. I'm glad I've. Like so, I'm kind of the same way. Like with mm-hmm. professional wrestling, there are seasons where I'm like, I'm not into the storyline. I'm like, I'm gonna hold off. I'm like, I'm gonna check in. I'm gonna read the updates. I'm like, yeah. find out what happened. But when big stuff, like I finally came back in right before the summer of pump because uh, Jeff Hawkins was like, look, there's this kid CM Punk. He's doing some stuff. I think you want to, you might want to start watching again. Yeah, check it out. That's the and moment then, that brought a lot of people three, back. And then three weeks later, he cut the pipe bomb, and I was like. Ah, and yeah. also one of my favorite wrestlers, Sami Zayn, El Generico's yep. cousin, coming back in. Like it's a, it's a golden era for talent right yeah. now. Oh, it, it absolutely yeah. is. And the, the thing that pisses that. all of us off is that we feel like a lot of them are getting squandered or not yeah. used right at all. But there's there's so many great people, and yet there's almost too many great people now. Yeah. Especially mm-hmm. in WWE, it's it's tough to give mm-hmm. everybody the time that they need. Yeah, I think they need time off, like like any other. They need wrestlers need off seasons. So when you go away, same way back in the territories, Jim Cornette yes. talks about that all the time. He was like, you can't. Make Miss a guy unless he goes away. So if you got all these guys, put them on, a, put them in a rotation, get them in an offseason. NXT right. do an injury does angle, that. yeah, and it uh, works. Send them away, and then when he comes back on SmackDown, like Dolph Ziggler, who we know and like, and who we have met and personally like, yep. and we know friends and family members of him, mm-hmm. and he can just never do anything. Is because they keep trotting him out there week after week because he's such a great worker. Yeah, to do the same thing the over same and over thing. again, the Let same matches. Away. I guarantee you that Dolph Ziggler, if you send him away for two months and he comes back, he'll get the biggest fucking pop in the world I think so too but like they won't pay these guys to not work right right. which is the crazy part it's a tragedy sorry you had something I don't know it's long lost I could talk about television for the rest of my life before we move on to the next clip and we are did you believe did you have any believability in Jimmy's promo yeah, he did good. Okay, did you like? Yeah, it? Yeah, I don't. Right. I don't I doubt curious. that he did good on that. Because uh, yeah. sometimes you think they're, yeah. you know, the acting's terrible. Uh, and and to be fair, it's not great, but I think right. it was like solid for that yeah. promo. And like, it's also, and it's also dated. It's. I mean, this right. is nineteen eighty six. Yeah, right. But also, why I think it's believable is because this is this is the days of. 
okay, here's here's one and a half bullet points. Go talk. Right. As opposed yeah. to like it's not one hundred percent scripted, right. which is why they're so stilted these days. Yeah. Right. Not everyone can be Jake Roberts. Like you know, one take Jake. Was of his course. Yeah. yeah. No, like, not everybody can. You see that yeah. in the uh, the Diamond Dallas Page, you know, like the, the resurrection of Jake the Snake. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. I guess we, they would ask me. Uh, I was like, I just sometimes I would just get bored. I'd say, give me a word. <laughs> he would literally improvise. I'm like, give me a suggestion word. They're like, <laughs> like suggestion. They're like, uh, <laughs> they're like. <laughs> Yeah, and the guy's backstage right before he was about to walk out and cut a promo. He had no idea. He was like, yeah, I know who I'm fighting. Who gives a shit? What do you want? And they're like, pizza. And he he comes out. Sometime a man burns with a fire. (laughs) You're like, oh, my God. He's He's a genius. Right. Do it. Uh, And the acting there. But, like, it's also this kind of stuff where you talk about the promos. A lot of when people talk, uh, as Nick, I'm sure, will back me up on this. uh, That's the number one thing. Yeah, you can do when any when any time a guy's like, uh, you still watch wrestling? Uh, you know it's fake, right? I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I knew Gangs of New York was fake too, but I enjoyed that. Right. Shut up! Like who? F- we like we don't know. I know he didn't fucking take out his own eye, but I enjoy <laughs> Bill the Butcher anyway. They're waiting to meet the person in 2017 that goes fake. What? What? Yeah, do you uh, go to kids, too, and tell them that Santa Claus yeah. is real? Fuck you. Easter Bunny's not real, you idiot. Okay. You're seven and you're dumb. Yeah, he's right. still seven, but you're an asshole. All right, I'm going to respond to Let's that go for it. after the break. Cool. Hi, Sex and the City fans. Megan McKeever here. Check out my podcast, Cosmos and the City, where I'll be watching through the entire series of Sex and the City with a slew of fabulous guests. Each week, we'll be talking through everything from who wore what and why to the hottie of the week. So grab a drink and join me on my journey. Thanks, and be sure to subscribe to Cosmos and the City in iTunes or your favorite podcasting app. So we're back. Okay. Okay, so I think I think yes. you're right. Like, there is something so Santa obnoxious is about some... Yeah. <laughs> there is something very obnoxious about people going, like, wrestling is fake. But I think what is... Uh, the larger point on that, and I think what is true, is one, it's something related to, like, the baseball... Do- like, all the drug scandals, steroid scandals, sure, or whatever. Sure, sure. There's, like, a... Oh, you know that we got we got lied to a little bit and i don't think people like being lied to on that level mm-hmm. and there is something about that that wrestling they did lie to people in a way um mm-hmm. you know whatever i like sure. uh, movies never go under the aus- auspices yeah. of like this is a real thing that happened every now and then you know a conjuring will be like this really happened but we know we all know uh wrestling didn't do that and we didn't know so that's mm-hmm. one part of it but the other part of it too is and it goes back to that storytelling is like where if you you're watching this like where are the stakes it's not it's not so much like hey you know that's fake it's like why do you care like why would you watch this knowing they aren't really wrestling they aren't really fighting the stories aren't that great like at least in my opinion like the well, casual that's, observer that's Cornette's that's Cornette's uh that's Cornette's problem with it. Yeah, it's not right. like that. And what Cornette needs to realize, as Kevin Owens says, is like, man, it's not 1994. We all know this. Yeah. It, wrestling is yes. not, wrestling has morphed into like, okay, you know what? It's a suspension of disbelief. It's good storytelling. I know it's technically not real, but the bumps and the things that they're doing, they still get injured. There's a real life. If you go and see the Waterworld stunt show at Universal City, you know that's not Kevin Costner. Right. Right? What? But when you go and watch a wrestling show, that is a hundred percent Dolph Ziggler. Yeah, he is. Right. So it's actually kind of more real 
Then, because if I go to the Universal Studios stunt show for Waterworld, I'm like, okay, well, that's a guy playing Kevin Costner, playing the character from Waterworld, and he's doing this like three or four times a day, mm-hmm. maybe like yeah. four days a week. I go to a professional wrestling show, I'm like, you know what? That is actually Dolph Ziggler doing it 300 plus days a year, putting his life on the line with wild storytelling inside of this improvised stunt show. You know what? Kevin Costner had a goddamn stunt double. Right. He's kind of the more fake and lying person at this point. Absolutely. So, if I can give my suspension of disbelief to something like Guardians of the Galaxy 2, where I know they're not actually there, starring, by the way, a professional wrestler. Damn right. right. Uh, Dave Batista. Right. Dave Batista. Uh, yeah, Chris Pratt. <laughs> then I screwed. I can certainly make the argument to myself that I am not any less or any dumb or being sort of like uh, a simpleton or a rube by going, yeah, I'm going <laughs> to suspend my suspension of disbelief because these guys, because I also know they're working. I know they're also jobs. Yeah. I improvise like four times a week. I do sketch shows. I know that uh I know that Dr. Timefuck's not a real person, but to enjoy the show, I need to pretend that he is. Yeah, I've never seen I've tabbled. never seen it. I hear it's I know, great. Right? I, I hear Dr. Timefuck. I hear Dr. Timefuck is great in his show Speed Face, the first Sunday of every month, live at the Pack Theater. Uh, in Los Angeles. Check <laughs> it out if good. you haven't. 10 30 that's good. Okay. Um, no, we no, we got to keep okay. on moving on, or else I can keep on. I can keep on like arguing about stories well, that's, that's for my the, whole life. That, that's the whole point of this podcast. Yeah, all right. All right well, <laughs> let's let's move on to the let's next clip, the and then maybe okay. I'll continue. To sure. Let's see what Stephen has to say. <laughs> all right. So for the next clip, uh, this is uh, Ron and Jimmy Garvin versus the Midnight Express for the Crockett Cup on uh, yes. April tenth, nineteen eighty seven. Here's a clip of that. Now, I couldn't figure out where this match took place, but I'm <laughs> sure it was awesome. <laughs> yeah. um, it uh, kind of came into right near the end where, like, the finish and there's a lot of chaos again. Yeah, yeah. lots of yeah. chaos. Lot of, yeah, this is the lots of chaos match. Yeah, this came in, like, very, very late in the match. Uh, and we're wa- we're watching along uh, for everybody at home. You want to check it out? Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're, like, I, this this is very much one where I'm like, wait, what is happening? What is happening again? <laughs> so we have, like, this unlikely duo in a way. Like we said, like, mm-hmm. the black sheep uh, brother. Right. And mm-hmm. uh, they're they're kind of like get, is, this is this is them getting revenge. Am I right? Corey, yes, that's this such is, a great chicken shit. I love them. Yeah, this is absolutely them getting their revenge. Uh, and this is this is kind of like what we've all been waiting for. And yeah. yes, Jim Cornette is looking like a total dipshit. Uh, he's he has tr- a lot of trouble getting over the railing in this yeah. clip. He's really screaming pathetic. and yelping. Yeah, no one has gotten their ass kicked by more women in professional wrestling than Jim Cornette, and that's yeah. sort of like the bit of it, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's terrified. He's great. Look at the, the facials he's got going on. Here's here's the interesting part, uh, and I don't think Steven's picked up on this, and it's one of the one of the beautiful reasons after I sent you so many clips. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this clip, just to remind everyone, yep. is from April tenth, nineteen eighty seven, mm-hmm. when uh, Ronnie Garvin got burned in the face in February twenty first, nineteen eighty seven. So less than two months. Yeah, yeah. Have you noticed, Stephen, that there is a different member of the Midnight Express at this point? Oh, absolutely not. No. <laughs> I figured. Uh, <laughs> when when it all went down uh, back in February, Dennis Condry was still in the Midnight Express. Uh, I believe if you look right there, uh, Dennis Condry and then Bobby Eaton. That's Bobby Eaton in the ring yeah, right that's now. that's Bobby. Yeah. But that is Sweet Stan Lane 
<laughs> on the ring for the Midnight Express. Just they changing it. They changed, and out of all this, they changed <laughs> one of the members in the Midnight Express. No, and you did not recognize that. <laughs> no, I don't. No. It's chaos the entire time. It is. It, it is. Every one of these clips is. I'm just like, who, where? Jim Cornette. Oh God. Okay, they they're fighting. All have mullets, glitter pants. Let's go. Yeah. Which is why I preferred growing up. Uh, why I preferred NWA versus WWE is because yep. growing up in the South, these just look like people I knew, but right. like the most badass version of it that would actually like Cornette. So like, put a guy in the arena actually look like he could actually fucking whoop somebody. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right. But then you and then you would try and watch WWE. I would go to my friends' houses, like the one friend whose dad was like, "Yeah, I'll pay for the, I'll pay for WrestleMania." Yeah. And watching and like, like the Repo Man or something. Oh yeah, Hulk Hogan. <laughs> that they look like fucking cartoons. They look like yeah. fucking clowns. And so we would sit there and be like, "That guy wouldn't last fucking two minutes against the fucking." I believe Rick that. Flair. Like Jim, like. Ole Anderson would beat that guy's ass. Wait, Rick. Wait, these guys are like tougher than Hulk Hogan when you're watching. Is that what you're saying? When, as a kid, because we talk, when you watch WWE, uh-huh. the, their style was like everyone was bigger than life and yeah, comic book like, heroes yeah. and superstars. Yeah. And all that. They, had, but, they, they were all about like the, you know, yeah. gobbledygooker. They were all yeah. about those characters. They weren't. Those okay. than life yeah, characters. they weren't. They look like cartoon characters. Yeah. They didn't look okay. like guys. these guys are out here like with whips and bats, like yeah. the bunkhouse stampede. They, yeah, look, they all look like dudes. beefy guys who are like ready to have a fight at the road. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah, that's the point. These okay, guys so. are these guys are in a bar in Charlotte, North Carolina, Got it. and then someone like you know like El Matador like walks in like a fake like Matador. They're like. Uh, that would be the last thing that guy ever heard. Right. Yeah. Right? They would just whip the shit. It's at least in my like ten year old brain. That's, that's how that well, saw that. that. And that's why Stephen, you've and then they made a cartoon. They literally made a cartoon. Hulk Hogan's Rock and they Roll. They actually wrestling. made a cartoon. Yes. And that's why Stephen, the, you know, we've touched on this before. Is why the why the WWF in like the mid nineties really started losing ratings and having shitty shows and mm-hmm. were doing terrible business compared to WCW during the midnight wars is because the Monday, the night, Monday wars. night war yeah. midnight wars midnight, midnight wars Express. That's, that's us that we do down in the track midnight wars <laughs> great Bob Seger song uh, but <laughs> that, that's why they started losing the Monday night wars is because yeah. they into the mid nineties at that point when ECW is a big thing and, oh, and yeah. kayfabe is dying and believability is like mm-hmm. people like want something new they were still doing those cartoony characters even in the 90s people yeah. are like if you didn't care in 87 then and they were still doing that same thing in 94 yeah people really didn't fucking care yeah. then because they were ready for something edgy and something yeah new. Vince McMahon's uh, mind everything like you had to have a regular job and be a wrestler yeah you yeah. had to be like a hockey player and a wrestler yeah it's <laughs> yeah. always larger than life characters yeah, you talk about kayfabe and believability and lying on that that's why ECW became so big at that point is because those guys were right there in front of you Killing themselves. Oh right. my God! Bleeding yeah. real blood, going through real thumbtacks, yeah, and tables, glass, and fire, explosives. Yeah. yeah, so that's why falling the, off of scaffolding. Oh yeah, any anything Sabu has done his entire life, like that kind of stuff. Unbelievable. And so when guys would leave ECW or go to WWE, that's where like you sold out. You sold out because yep. you're like, yeah, that, that that's not real. It was like real to them, but in like a different way. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that is uh, a different. That's a different podcast for a day of like, and that's a what, at, at what point did we did we have to go back to like bloodlust where we had to go back to like gladiators and that's the only way that we could watch wrestling. Yeah. Okay. So I have yeah. some thoughts on this. Please, this sure. is what this is what I think is like why I can't get into wrestling. So um, uh, there's like uh, I recently saw a video essay about how genres change over time. Uh, yes. It's a, uh, and it was by this YouTube channel called The Nerd Writer, and it was actually talking about. Uh, 
superhero movies. Oh, send me uh, that link. I would love to see it. It's really about? Uh, superhero movies. Superhero so like movies. Gotcha. Of, superhero yeah. movies. And it's really interesting because like they're talking and they also linked it to Westerns. And so over time they change like there's the original there's the original genre of it. It's just straight across the plate exactly what you'd think of for a superhero movie. Yep. You know, they have the superhero landing and whatever. And then they say there's like these different stages. There's when it comes parody and burlesque. Like they're making fun of themselves. That's, uh, you know, we have Batman you know, and Robin. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> or, you know, like Deadpool is that. Or um, we have Westerns that do it. I'm trying to think of one that's, uh, I can't, it's not. Logan's just it. a Western. Yeah. It really I mean, is. It, is. Yeah. it is. And that's it. And it's, and that's it. The one that they talk about, about in that movie. But it's, so that's where I think a lot of wrestling lives for me as I see it is like, this is a parody of a fight. This isn't a fight. Okay. This isn't reality. I don't care. Um, then there's this whole other thing where there's uh, nostalgia for it. I didn't grow up watching mm-hmm. it. This doesn't do anything for me. Sure. So when we have people coming back for WrestleMania, I'm like, nope, this, this whatever this is, it's not firing my head. I don't care. I understand care. that. And then yeah, the part timers is a is a big problem where it's like you yeah. have the Goldberg thing. I was like, yeah. I know how this is going to go and it's great, but like also, why don't you build up the people that you fucking have there every day so you don't need to rely on a 51 year old grandfather? I, 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 and and, and this. this is just a sidebar before you get into this. Mm-hmm. I actually liked his return. He did not need to win the title. I, I, you know what? Same here. I was happy Same for here. him. Yeah. But, but yeah. it was also to sell a video game, which is like, this is yeah. crazy. There, there's a, it's a difference now. It's, yeah. it's, it's, they want to be Disney and they've been very upfront about that. Sure. Yes. So that's fine. They don't shy Go. away from it. Go ahead, Steve. And then the, la- the, the last bit of it, uh, or there's two more bits, demythology demythologization I'm sure I'm not saying that right mm-hmm. but that's taking the myth away exposing what's bad about it uh, demystifying Demi- demythologization T- taking the mythology away from it they're not gods they're not heroes and that's a lot of what I've seen in wrestling too where okay. we have uh, you know uh, oh my god the, the fucking screw, the shoot thing that what's his face did that was a big deal he sat on the ground he talked on the mic for CM Punk that's CM the Punk. pipe bomb the pipe bomb pipe thank bomb. you the pipe, pipe bomb crisscross applesauce right <laughs> like the pipe bomb that and like we know about the injuries and all that stuff like it's all so all the myth that I, I have mm-hmm. that should I should love about wrestling none of that's there for me it's all been taken away so what I'm left with that's why with, they call it the reality era now exactly yeah. you so think maybe it's because you're coming in in this era I'm coming in now at this point where I'm like what am I supposed to believe in who am I supposed to care about and they talk about the last thing that they have to do after like a, a changing of a genre is reaffirming the myth I need a hero again I need to believe in something I and now what I have is Roman Reigns who fucking sucks and everybody hates him and like he's one you of the know, top guys or nostalgia Bill Goldberg or like Enzo and Cass which seems like a parody that's like, a decent what point what is this Reigns is not his fault that's it, not his fault that's a decent we all fucking loved the shit out of him oh we love him so until much until they told us to love him we said yeah, no yeah no yeah. I mean I know I you know, yeah. I fucking can't stand the guy right now. But it's there's the absolutely nothing wrong with anything you just said. No, by the way, but it's the booking. It's the booking. But it's um, tough. But it is tough when you come in now. You're like, what am I supposed to believe in? Like I'm, when I I'm say to you, lie. it's fake. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I, yeah, it is. It's what am I supposed to believe in? What am I supposed to give a I'm shit? I'm not about? gonna lie. That you bring that brings up a pretty decent point of which is why you know WWE's ticket sales and numbers and everything are down right now. How easy is it, especially if you're a little older, maybe not a kid, how yeah. easy is it right now to make, at least if you're coming in in terms of watching WWE, yeah. how easy is it right now to make a new fan? It is. It's that's not a de- easy. That's, that's a decent point to bring up. But I would say that, that because it is the reality era and sort of like, what are you like onto? I would say like anything else, like if you see a new, think of them, think about it this way, um, since it's supposed to be sports entertainment and they mm-hmm. do it on the entertainment side. Mm-hmm. Think about an act, a movie that you don't know much about and you saw and there was an actor in there. You went, take someone like, um, for example, take someone like Jeremy Renner. 
So yeah. uh, you're like, hey, yeah, I'm gonna go see. Um, I'm gonna go see that Dahmer movie because you know I know who Jeffrey Dahmer is, and I hear this guy's real good. And you watch, yeah. you're like, mm-hmm. who the fuck is this guy? Yeah, man, this guy is good. And then you start like seeing him pop up little places here, and there. I'm like, yeah, I'd like to see more of that guy. Yeah, that's then you might start like guy. you know you might, uh, and I'm not even saying like industry people like us, not reading mm-hmm. Variety, anything like yeah. that. I'm saying like you're reading Us Weekly or People Magazine or like the uh, Parade, that little slick magazine. Yeah, yeah, you get yeah. The Sunday. I mean, like <laughs> you start reading, like, you see a little quick you know Q and A interview, like yeah, I really like. Oh, oh, he seems like a good guy. Too, nice, like, yeah. I hope the powers that be start giving him more opportunities. Uh-huh. I hope he's in bigger TV shows. I hope yeah. he's in bigger movies. And you watch guys like that, and you see him. And then when he gets into that opportunity, you're like, "Hey, he's a lead in a movie now." Like, "Oh man, I should go see that." Oh my god, he pulled it off. I feel so good about liking that guy in the first place. Yeah, I knew there was something about him, and then building him up, and building him up, and building him up. And they have a guy like that right now that they could do with, and that is the thing that he is best at, and has been in his entire life. And they did it all through NXT, and they brought him up to the main roster, and they. Did didn't fucking do it, and that is Sammy goddamn Zane. Sammy Zane, yeah. That is how you build because young kids would watch that who don't know any better. Yeah, who's seven, they just see a kid, a guy fighting. Yeah, doing it the right way, not cheating or mm-hmm. that. And then you have guys or our age who go like, you know what? This guy is objectively the best physically of doing all the stuff on that and uh-huh. he seems like a genuine nice guy and he's into ska yeah like he's like he's got <laughs> he's good taste ska. like he's uh-huh. in good taste in music he just seems like a regular guy he seems i'd like argue that ska yeah, is good lot. taste in music but, like, but i get what you, you know mean. mean like he's like he seems like he's a guy that like you could like hang out and have a beer with yeah everyone else seems to like genuinely like him sure, yeah. yeah and every time something that and then when those guys come in who you who objectively know are the actual bosses yeah and then they don't give him those shots they don't give him those mm-hmm. roles to play in those summer movies and then they put actors that you know that you've known for years are shit actors yeah like, i'm gonna watch another movie with this fucking guy <laughs> right that's sort of a way to approach it now if you're new t- if you're not a kid and you're new to wrestling you go like hey do you who's your favorite actor right now yeah. when did you first know that he was a good actor when did you start liking him and mm-hmm. now you can't wait to see anything he's in you tell me that there's not one of these dudes that that makes you feel that way or reminds me of that or reminds yeah. you of someone like you're not nostalgic for the business but if I was coming in right now and there was a guy that was Magnum TA that reminded me of my dad and had that storyline, fuck yeah, I'd be on it because I sure. still yeah. love my dad. I'm still nostalgic for growing up and being around my dad. Yeah, yeah you'd I be think on that the is a way to person. do it because it's the entertainment side of it. Well, right. I still think that, that the thing about it, what's tough, it, it's still coming in fresh, is I th- feel like it's constantly being deconstructed. Like there isn't sure. a lot of. There isn't a lot of w- easy ways to buy in. Like even at, like if I just imagine being coming in and watching like John Cena, for example, this isn't a perfect e- example because I can't think of a lot of people who this fits. But it's like if you watch John Cena and then see another wrestler who has a fair amount of credibility in The Miz completely like taking apart his identity and the things that you might start to like about him and mm-hmm. going like he's a bad and you're like, oh, fuck like that. Your 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 images like are these things that could be positive, or you read online, or you hear you know the talking smack, two hundred five live, whatever the fuck it is, like what one of those talking smack, yeah, yeah, like they then they're deconstructing it and kind of pulling it apart and showing you the reality behind it. You're constantly being like pulled away from I think some genuine love for it. I think the way in the way like that genie got out of the bottle of it's fake and yeah. it it really did change it at yeah. least for a lot of I, I imagine there's somebody maybe not maybe not consciously but there's somebody like me uh, out there all ar- around who's just like but but why <clears throat> talking it's smack fake. is still like a is like an improvised loosely within the reality of yeah. wrestling show though to be totally honest like they're even like the fact that they're doing things like table for three and bring it to the table 
on WWE yeah. Network is insane. I mean, they're yeah. doing like full out, full on like pretty much like exposing everything entirely. Yeah, yeah like like like, like a PTI type show. That's how people consume media now. They, yeah, you watch a TV show and you live tweet, and then you break as it down. It happens and it breaks down. Like it's just I, not the, yeah. the Talking Dead is on after. Because a lot of my friends work for this, and I don't want to throw shade at anything, but but After Buzz wouldn't fucking exist. Yeah. Without without the idea of people want to watch other people talk about the thing we all you're just totally right. watched. Yeah, you're totally right. right? That's what well, half of internet content for like those streaming channels and things are now. But to Hi, go back everybody, to, we're currently doing it. Hi. Yeah. <laughs> we but are. Then, but then again, that's why I say like you have to look at it more as an entertainment that is a stunt show that features athleticism in it versus less uh, an actual sport that has wins and losses yeah. and and consequences because I'll make one more argument. You talk about the fighting isn't real. The biggest fucking payday in the world right now that's coming up is Mayweather and Conor McGregor. And right. that ain't oh, a yeah. fucking professional wrestling match. I don't know what is. You know, it ain't going to be a boxing match. It's certainly not. It is anyone. Like I've said this. I've been saying this for months while there have been people talking about it. I'm like, this is a flat out cash grab. Yeah. Totally. This is a hundred percent a spectacle. Where they're just going to, and if you, especially if, after we know now that we've seen yeah, Mayweather Pacquiao, we know what this and is going to be. And I'm like, and my thing is, I am a big boxing fan. Mm-hmm. I've been following it for quite some time. I'm like, if you think it's anything different than a spectacle and a cash grab, then you haven't fucking been paying attention to boxing. Yeah, absolutely, because well, they've been protecting those guys for fucking ever and ever and ever. Mm-hmm. The MMA is that's why UFC is going down now because UFC one thing that they had that boxing didn't was we take our best guys and we put them up against each other and you have to fucking fight and you have to fucking win. Right. Yeah, and now that it's like. Now they let guys duck each other and like put on that. They're, right. they're falling into the same shit with boxing. Well, that's I mean, yeah. I think I think everybody kind of agrees with that. Boxing was great and has lost some of that luster. 50 because years of what ago, there's not a single seven year old on the planet that didn't know who the heavyweight champion in the world was. For sure. Yeah. Every Impossible. and you cared. You yeah. everybody cared. And now, again, it's the same type of thing. I think you're losing some of that. But for some reason, and to me, it's the same type of thing I see in wrestling. But it's like it's still persists and I don't understand why. So when people say like it's fake, like I really do think it's almost similar to going like, yeah, but like, you know, bot like it's it's like boxing. It's like, yeah, but they're not booked right. Like who gives a shit? Or baseball. Like, you know they're doing yeah. roids and nobody can hit any more as many home runs as they used to. Or mm-hmm. yeah, UFC now it's like, yeah, they don't put the same they didn't put together the fights that they should. Yeah. And like as those things fall apart, I just don't understand why people still kind of buy into that myth or want to. And it's it seems very voluntary, but I don't get it. Again, because it is it is entertainment and his storytelling boxing has withered on the vine but wrestling won't in the yeah. same way and also i know when i'm watching a boxing match that's actually on the level where these two guys want it and are going after it well yeah versus this and boxing it's... match that i'm like i'm watching 12 rounds of bullshit i know what's <laughs> this yeah. is this is it's a huge difference there's two promoters going on that it's the same way when wrestling i can see when two guys are like are legitimately going out there going after each other trying to one-up each other trying to like get and like make it have like legitimately yeah. give a shit and working together i i sort of look or at, if they're just out there going through the motions yeah yeah you can always tell the difference it's it's the same way in sort of like improv where it's like in in or like improv or in like uh, professional basketball the best in in practice the best offensive player goes up against the best defensive player in practice mm-hmm. so that when they get into the games they they you know 
they can score on the other guy until they are separate on different teams and they have to go all against again. Yep. Right. But when they're in practice, they're helping each other. Right. They're talking to each other like, sit. What, yeah, but see the thing, if I put my pivot foot here and I put my, lean my hip back, there's no way you can defend me, right? Yeah, yeah. So what you need to do is don't let me put my foot here, but if I do, then you come around this side, like, right, right, right. right. So if I put a hand here, like, see, you can't, you can't shoot. Like, they're working together. In professional wrestling, just like improv, there is no final game Super Bowl that way where we're going to win, lose, and someone's going to get a ring on that. Right, right. The process is the product. You're watching two guys work together who, like, are pretending to hate each other, and then there are those scenes and matches where those are two guys who are pretending to hate each other who actually love each other, and they're both doing this thing that so can, they can be hot and, and get over. And then you have those guys that are working together but legitimately, like, do not fucking like each other. <laughs> mm-hmm. And they're still doing it going, like, you, you can read through the lines because it's entertainment. Like, how many times do we love talking about, like, how great the Golden Girls are, but we also love talking about how much those four women fucking hated each other. I always talk about and the Golden s- Girls. <laughs> and they still went out there and yeah. nailed it yeah. every single fucking night. Yep. Yeah. Every single night of the week that's how i can enjoy professional wrestling still Hmm. if i just get caught up on the idea of like well when i was 11 i thought these guys were actually hitting each other in the face and now i know that's not true Mm -hmm. and therefore i just got to throw out the bat you know baby with the bathwater. i I think that's missing it's a different era it's it's like okay it's been pulled back now then what is actually can we enjoy from it you almost kind of watch you almost kind of have to we've talked about this kind of have to watch wrestling depending on on level of of how smarky you may or may not be or how how much you pay attention or if you read online or if you're just a a fan who just watches Mm -hmm. it whatever but i feel like the average fan watches it was almost with at least two different perspectives like points of view now Mm -hmm. if if you're not watching it with like three or four or five layers like you're watching it like a couple of different layers and it, I don't know. It makes if the in- storytelling is good enough. I get lost. I forget. Me too. I'll Me too. Go, oh shit! Yeah. yeah, and it's like, yeah, you know, but you don't care. You're that in UK it. You're enjoying from NXT Takeover. Oh, that what UK a match. championship made me feel like I was nine all over again. That's that's like match of the year candidate perfect. right now. It without is without a doubt. It is 100 percent the match of the year. That's I mean, interesting. And yeah. two small guys, not beefy dudes either. No. Doing stuff that everyone told him, if you do that indie shit in the main roster, it'll never go over. Right. And 100% went over. And you talk about a crowd of guys our age, like, losing their minds. Again, yep. We want it to also be good and people to give a shit. We don't want, like, stories... Like that, maybe that's maybe we're nostalgia. Not I so don't much want for the it fact, to suck. Yeah, no, maybe we just want to be good. I don't yeah. want it to be like maybe I'm not nostalgic for the time when I thought it was real. Nostalgic for the time where it was like two of the best people in the world doing something that only they could do. Yeah, versus. Um, a giant black guy had sex with an old woman and she gave birth to a fucking hand. Right. I don't want that anymore. It's, I guess it's that, oh, it's that really we're not... Good. That made me know it was fake more than anything. Because, yeah, yeah, it's the, the nostalgia <laughs> thing is cheap sometimes. And I do think I agree that it's it's not that we're necessarily nostalgic for, like, the way it used to be. Yeah. It's just that we're nostalgic for how much more investment there was back then because they had so much top talent and, mm-hmm. and, and just yeah. the writing and, and, and the, the performers and the writers were all invested in and, and a lot of that had to do with they competition. Had a, they had a love of wrestling. And they a lot of that had to do with competition yeah. that they had to make a good show. And they weren't television writers. Yeah. They only hired television writers. Now. They have writers and, and creative rooms. They don't have bookers. People that got into the wrestling business because they love the wrestling business. Right. So you talk about people that got it 
they, everyone who got into the wrestling business back in the day was a fan first. Yeah. When they found out it was a work and that it wasn't real, did they all fucking cry and run away? <laughs> they went, no, this is awesome. I want to be a part of it. Yeah. Part of my, and I listened to a bunch of Cornette stuff. He's one of my faves. Oh, I Obviously, him. like I fucking pretended to be him yep. at Cliff Show the other a uh, couple months ago. Uh, that's sort of the reason why I sort of roll my eyes to Jim Cornette as well. I was like, what did you think with all this technology? Did you think that we were just going to keep it a secret for a hundred years that no one was ever, that the human mind doesn't get fucking smarter, that we have Twitter and all that? Then lean into it. Lean into it and, and and, 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 and evolve it into something else. You have to. That's, I agree with that statement yeah. right there. Okay. Evolve it into something else because right now for people like me, I don't fucking buy it and I want something more. Right. I don't know what it is. I don't have a great answer for it, but I think like, I think it's like, I think Joey said it once way back when he was like, I want to believe this. And mm-hmm. I can't believe that. Like he said, I want to believe it. And I'm like, I don't really care. I'm not invested in wanting to believe sure. wrestling right mm-hmm. now. That's fair. But I'm, I want anything I spend my time on to be good. I would much mm-hmm. prefer every movie I go to see. I'm like, I hope this is good. Sure. I don't go. Cause I'm like, I, this is going to be a bad experience. I want it to be good. And I think the same thing for this. Like I'd like mm-hmm. it to be good, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to just go like, Oh, that was a whiff punch. Like you just missed everything. Why am I supposed to believe this? Right. And that, that I, I Botches. want it to be good, but I can't mm-hmm. get there. I can't, I'm not willing to like suspend my disbelief so much that I'm just like, yeah, I'm cool with all of this <laughs> i'm like no you gotta you gotta change it up and i don't we, know what we gotta the find a, yeah we gotta find a way for you to be for you to sustain your interest where the botches yeah don't, don't, <laughs> don't pull matter. you out i don't i, I, I don't matter well there's a ba- if there's like a bad edit in a in an otherwise movie yeah. i'm enjoying like it will bring me out for a moment i'm like for sure, oh, sure always but yeah. there's a, maybe there's a way that you can like you enjoy it where you where that if there's a maybe there needs to be an evolution of the way that we shoot and film these shows that I agree so that with. botches mm-hmm. aren't like b- the last of Mohicans is one of my favorite movies. I think it's as close to a perfect movie as you can possibly get. I probably saw, I probably seen it over a hundred times. Yeah. I saw it easily 40, 50 times before I realized that there's a jump cut in it. Yeah. And it's literally oh. right in your front of your face. Yeah. But the way it's, the rhythm is done of it is so great. I don't know. There's, there's something to be said, like maybe, maybe you shouldn't have this much live television. Maybe the, some of it should be taped. And so you can edit it down. So it looks sure. like a great movie. Uh, yeah. You have the opportunity to swag it. But I also understand on the other hand, like live television, live sporting events and live music events are the only things that television have left to keep their advertising ratings. Cause yep. otherwise, yeah. why would you watch also? An why would I ever watch Monday night? Why would I ever watch the USA network? Yeah. If I have the WWE network and it's going to be taped. I yeah. agree. Yeah. yeah. Also an interesting thing about talking about, I, I don't know if they did it quite the best and I don't know if this is the answer yet, but an interesting thing that you say, and we'll put this uh, link up on the website. Statement. I'm intrigued mm-hmm. uh, about, uh, Maybe we need to start shooting wrestling different, which I at least think yes. that like certain promotions, even NXT and, and sometimes it, they'll, their, their presentation will certainly be much better. I mm-hmm. think New Japan shoots their stuff. Interestingly, sure. Uh, they do a lot of different like uh, cuts and camera angles and stuff. But something that I saw recently was a match back from May. It was between the Young Bucks and, and the Lucha Brothers in Tijuana. Yes. They filmed this match in 4K with drones. Huh. In 4K with drones, and okay. it's it's the presentation is very very interesting. It's almost video game like, and that these drones. Oh, I'm not wow. saying that I'm not saying that oh, every match, the whole match, should be filmed like this because it's a little it's a little hard to get into stuff sometimes without a hard sure, cam. Sure. Yeah, but 
and like I said, we'll, we'll put a clip of this up, but just yeah. seeing the, the way that the drones are filming the match as it just circles around the ring and you get like every angle. So I feel like more and more parts of this are going to get in there in some point. Just yeah. kind of like how we've got like like robo sky cams in NFL and yes. shit to make it to make it feel and then uh, to make it feel like it's Madden, <laughs> like something that they essentially took from Madden. They took yeah. from Blitz or whatever it yeah. was, like out of video games to put into the TV. And again, so I feel like there's got to be an evolution of that at some point to to, to do more stuff like this, like mm. drones at wrestling events. I like that again. Uh, credit where credits due. Uh, this is some unknown cameraman. Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. Doing the thing. Flying like, the drone. And it is fucking hard yeah. to do that yeah. as, it sta- like, as it is. So I thought this was very interesting. No, this is extremely interesting. I think for me, um, like teaching, uh, shooting, yeah, you talk about uh, shooting wrestling in a different way or trying to evolve it. Uh, yeah, a super kick party. Mm-hmm. Uh, or drop kick party, I should say. Um, I think a lot of that, too, though, is that um, a lot of those yeah, guys. look how cool this is. When we talk about the way that Vince is sort of... Uh, old school thinker and he only does the old gangs. It's the same thing because Kevin Dunn is still the guy well, that's shooting that raw. Bucky Beaver motherfucker. Yeah, right? He's still doing that stuff. So I think you need to get you know, a, a new person like with cameras being as small as they are and yeah. you can putting them in places of that, uh, getting some young guys in there, trying some new things, but also too like, you know, you do we talk about his thing with the botches and all that. You have many, many live events that have a seven-second delay. Why is there not a seven-second delay with WWE? Uh, WWE yeah. Raw. A seven-second delay, not just for if someone says a bad word or something like that, mm-hmm. like, but give yourself seven seconds to like, like, oh, shit, he missed that botch. You know what? Let's do, uh, let's put this camera feed over here. Right? Yeah. Yeah, something. Or, or just cut to a person in the audience going, oh, my God. Like, yeah. if right as a guy is going to hit a dude in the face, yeah. Yeah. if your option is, oh, I completely whiffed, yeah. or show a guy in the crowd going, yeah, right? you're gonna. I have an editing degree. Yeah, that will literally just say. Yeah, no, man, you must have really hit that guy in the face. Yeah, everybody will buy it. And <clears> that's mm-hmm. great. Why, do, yeah. why not have a seven second delay on a, on, on a live show? Like yeah, that? I mean they they don't they don't always use the crowd cuts to their advantage. They do a lot of bullshit. Kevin Dunn bullshit is the worst cra- at yeah. crowd shots, and, and, and they've been only been getting worse lately. Yeah. Like I think Kevin Dunn needs to get out. I don't I don't know if he actually like understands where like so if people are che- like. It's one thing, like if you if a guy's getting booed and you want to be cheered, like Roman Reigns, yep. right? Then you know, pump in your cheering music or whatever, like sailing, mm. or cut to the people in the crowd that are cheering. But when there are people being cheered, he will like cut to the crowd of people being bored as fuck. I know. And I'm like, what? That doesn't even visually match the story you're trying <laughs> to tell. Not even close. Not even close. Yeah. yeah. Like when Jinder Mahal won the title, people were shocked. Then they cut to a shit ton of people out in the crowd, and it worked. It's like, yeah, nobody can fucking believe Wait this. Wait what? Really? Yeah. Okay. As opposed what? to, yeah, when it's like somebody who should be being cheered yeah. comes out, and they cut to a guy booing, or they cut to a kid like looking the other way. It's like, what yes. fucking planet are you on, man? Yeah, or like someone like, you know, that's like, that's like proposing, like having a romantic movie or a rom-com having the guy propose the romantic music comes up and you cut to the shot of the girl and she's yawning yeah you cut to a like, lady that's on not her the phone. story you're trying to tell her at all <laughs> right. well and they and lived happily ever after and she went asleep the and, end? And that's and that's that's a, t- a classic i think like what you're talking about mm-hmm. is the thing where even just like you cut to the audience and you're not using it right that's me going oh this myth isn't real i shouldn't buy into it i shouldn't yeah. care and there's a lot of i think i it's still kayfabe if, because of television production right. still tell the story
story. Right. Yeah. Right? I think there's just a lot of that that rests. I, I, I'm like trying to compile a list. I like want to write an article on this. of like just things that w- uh, wrestling fans <laughs> are willing to let go. Like any mm-hmm. if it happened in any other medium, like you said, like if it was a mm-hmm. rom-com and he was proposing and the girl yawned, you'd be like, what the fuck is this movie? And I think there's a ton of that that is just glaring and obvious in wrestling. Fair enough. But for some reason, wrestling fans are like, no, oh, yeah, no, that's just part of it. Like they act like I, I, my, I bitch about this a lot. I think the acting on uh, getting hurt, people act too big. They they act and everybody says, oh, they act Selling, in the back yeah. row. And we have to play for big. the back row, right? Fuck all that. that. I don't care. We're that. modern audience. People are more savvy than that. Act smaller. Like I just, I don't care. Change it. Mm. You guys, you have to. People are people. When when wrestling was big, I, don't know if I agree w- with that. Acting was worse. That's like saying I, I don't. <laughs> that's like saying that they you know <clears throat> they did uh, they did a version of Peter Pan in. Uh, and they did it at like the Staples Center, mm-hmm. but they also live simulcasted on TV. And you were like, "Ah, that guy being Peter Pan was too big." I'm like, "Well, he's playing to the Staples Center. Right. They don't have it in Staples Center." But the, you, but you, I mean, you, you do you do understand that there's a difference between a live stage recording and then a, of like course, a television show. Of yeah, course, right. but I actually I don't think I actually don't think that. Because, yeah, you're playing to the back row or whatever. But, you know, if you're talking about, like, selling pain, you still get the idea of it. The thing that the people are watching, like, you know, so, like they, when they, they like, oh, this hurt. You see, like, leg stomping and, like, wiggle it. Like, that's not how mm-hmm. people portray pain. And, they, sure, they can see that in the back row to say, oh, that hurts. But if you're watching it from the back row and somebody, you know goes off the top rope on their back and they, you know, they don't have that reaction. I still believe that that hurts. Like, I don't that that registers I, to me as a reality. I'm a, I'm a human being who understands life. It's tough. To, it's tough to prove. It's tough to prove this theory because you I can never take you to a show, mm-hmm. have you sit up in the nosebleed seats and watch the people do the thing that you're asking yeah. to do. So mm-hmm. you can go, yeah. oh, I can see how that difference doesn't play because yeah. it right. might be become repetitive and some guys oversell the shit out of stuff and are yeah. very rubbery and some people don't and, the, and there's a fine balance and a lot of this stuff too is like it's a generational thing it's like it's no different than method acting or Stanislavski like right you know people don't act the same way that um you know that maybe like when Marlon Brando first 50s, like right. of course right, right? It, it's definitely for sure mellowed out but you know, because theater sh- acting was carrying in over into that time. Yeah, but and, Shakespeare and, wasn't. And when all we that had no it. sound in movies, you had to emote. So that's where the right. teachings came from, right? So I mean, like, and, and it'll slowly but surely come over time. There's, and there's nothing to say too that maybe you're right, Stephen. Maybe in like 10, 15 years, there's going to be yeah exactly what you're talking about is playing because then everyone goes back and watches it from you know currently now yeah, but with 15 years of hindsight and them going like. Oh, can you believe that guy was just bouncing all over the place? And you guys fucking bought that? And I like, personally <laughs> feel like like a lot of the selling is more realistic these days. I, I, I for think, sure, I think it's it, been shrunken down. Like to be like back current then. products, yeah. yeah. But I can't about- say I'm an expert on it. But I, yeah. like we just watched a clip on our show a couple weeks back, and this one, like this is like to me. I said it before. I'm like, this is what the ideal of wrestling should be. I truly well, believe this it. Is so easy to say. But that hold this on, is. But hold on. But we hear. But of I mean, course, on the, everyone agrees on this. But I mean, on like the acting of it, like this. He he goes over. It's he just kind of crumples. It's not. It's not f- like you can see that. Stephen is, the is referencing the clip of uh, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat versus Macho Man in WrestleMania yeah. Three. Go ahead, Stephen. Yeah, Macho arguably Steve. the greatest wrestling match of all time. Right. Yeah, I, I think. think that's, I th- but I mean, is a, there is an impossible standard to hold to no, any other wrestling. There no, is a wonderful subtlety in it's this. It's not. Movie. There's a wonder. Like I think. I think that's exactly it. It's like you can see it from far away. It's subtle. It works on camera. Like you got to find a happy medium. That's not on what I'm that. saying. I'm not yeah. saying. What I'm saying is that you are pointing to like arguably the, yeah. the greatest. 
greatest wrestling match of all time between two guys in their prime at the height of their powers, yeah. capturing lightning in a bottle, and you're saying, why can't every match be this way? Yeah, I know. But you're also saying, why can't every wrestler be as good as Ricky the goddamn Dragon <laughs> Steamboat? I think that's true. But you, but I mean, I, I can't go to every, I can't go to every, I, I, that would be unfair for me to go to every improv Absolutely. show and go like, why are they not as good as Heather and Miles? That's bad for me to go Every like, night. Well, I, that's me going to Tantrum on Wednesday nights or Dr. America or, or whoever you want to bring yeah. the pack and me sitting in the back of the audience going, nope. This isn't as good as the kids in the hall. Like that's it, yeah. it's still sketch, but like they're learning, they're processing on. I, I think that's fine. You're I'm saying these this it's the <clears throat> WW fucking E. It's the top. If you can't act like some of the best of them, sure. you, you're fucking up. And I think Absolutely. Okay, I'll I agree with acting that. acting in television mm-hmm. used to be much worse. You know, it'd be like maybe mm-hmm. one good actor and then 19 people around them that are terrible. And now you watch <laughs> you watch most shows, very rarely do you see someone going like that is the worst acting I've ever ever seen and uh, that used to happen more and now i feel like most of the product is the worst acting i've ever seen and mm-hmm. i would prefer at least like every but like i don't know what the training is in wwe but someone needs to teach people how to act a little bit more for well, the they camera. have promo classes do they? they do that yeah. in nxt now not promos not promos acts, he's like talking about he's talking about, that too he's talking about facials he's talking about yeah, acting yeah, yeah, in the I ring. Get that. yeah uh, the old timers would agree with you, but in a different way because most of those guys who like you know uh, the ruby red glasses, your cornets, and all that kind yeah. of stuff. Their biggest thing is that in the indies, no one sells anything. Yeah, oh, of yeah. course, guys That's will do no stuff. selling everything. <clears throat> the DDT used to be a finishing end of life move. Yeah, that was your ass. Yeah, uh, the super kick used to be that way. Yeah, but the like, super kick is a party now. It's a party. Yeah. <laughs> but also, like part of that is like, well, then. Yeah. Realize that you're like, I'm also kind of in an amusement park or I'm here for a fun time. Like Chikara will do funny stuff where like they'll a guy will reach through the curtain and on the other side, another guy will put his fist in and right. punch a dude. Right. Know your audience where you're going for. Um, right. I think also, bad. also guys doing like fin- having to do like three or four finishers just to end a match now. Sure. Yeah. And then like there's something to be like, I think when you talk about, you know, the things that uh, wrestling fans are willing to disregard or overlook yeah i i don't always look at that as a negative i look at that as a positive i i have widened the things that i can enjoy in professional wrestling because now i can enjoy the fact that there's an estonian thunder throg who is a frog from <laughs> estonia who picked up the hammer of thor and is now the thunder god yes i can enjoy that i can enjoy a tag team with two living symbiotic ice cream cones yeah yeah going up against <laughs> okay. a guy who has a li- literal cotton belly <laughs> And a Albanian uh, oak tree wrestling. Just as much as I can enjoy that, I can enjoy yeah. this. Where a baseball game breaks out in the middle of a ring, mm-hmm. I go, yeah, the suspension of disbelief. Also, one other thing, mm. quick side note. Yeah. For some of the, I think the reason why there's so many wrestling fans in it, wrestling has had its problems and has issues f- for sure. Mm-hmm. But f- throughout time, it there is something for everyone. There's someone who is representative yep. for everyone. People will go like, my God, I can't believe they're making eight Fast and Furious movies. Who watches these movies? And I go, they go. The reason why, one of the main reasons that movie is so successful and internationally so successful is because it is one of the most diverse casts in the history of modern filmmaking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's kind of something for everybody. Yeah. yeah. There's literally like, at, at one point, there was one white dude 
Who was the lead? Paul, yeah. you know, and, yeah, he, and he's playing an Irishman. So yeah. you got yep. Europe right there. You got an American <laughs> Irishman. His name is Brian O'Connor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And there are Korean guys. There are Japanese guys. There are black guys. There are Samoan yeah. guys. There are biracial people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And everyone gets to be in on the same thing together, and they all get to be heroes. There's a lot for wrestling. Like, yeah, I know it's dumb. Yeah, I know it's fake, but I get to go every week and watch a dude that looks like me yeah. get his fucking hand help in victory, and I don't get that at my job yeah. ever. So, yeah, the escapism there offers a whole lot. And and well because of the, the era that we're in where there is now something for everybody, it also seems like, as we're talking about, how the sport needs to evolve and develop over yeah. time, and there needs to be new things. 100%. Well, also... Now I feel like there's a great mixture of big, larger-than-life characters and also just regular vanilla midget-type ass-kickers. Like, like now they kind of all live in the same world. Like, there's indie guys, there's top Mm -hmm. stars, there's huge dudes, there's small guys, there's crazy characters, there's just straight-laced dudes, and they all sort of just work together in the same world now, whereas opposed to, it used to be like, well, I like this one that's real realistic and serious, and these guys are just ass-kickers. Or, well, I like this one because it's fun and they're big characters, and that's fun for me to watch. Now, I think they're all scattered throughout the same card, which is kind of fun. Yeah, it's, it's sort of a double-edged no. It's a double edged sword. No. Because on yeah. one, look at this way. On the one side, 10, 15 years ago, there is, there is not a shot in hell that someone like Shinsuke Nakamura would be in the WWE. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. But the flip side of that is like, and now and now there is, mm-hmm. which is a positive, right? <laughs> for, Never, for the most part. The idea of a Japanese guy pretending to be a cross between Michael Jackson and Freddie Mercury, but also being a legitimate striker who has yeah. actually won MMA fights, yeah. and that guy being potentially the biggest star in WWE is crazy good. Yeah. Right? The flip side of that, though, and I kind of... I sort of agree with you here on Stevens that great. Now they can also just bullshit out Shinsuke Nakamura the same way they're doing John Cena. He also has the opportunity to be just as boring as yeah, absolutely does and be ruined. Yeah, right. Yeah, I think I you know that I can I really disagree with the idea that them all these things being on the same card is a good thing because I didn't me, say, I didn't say it was the best thing. Yeah. I'm not saying it's it's the mm-hmm. answer that we needed. I'm just saying no, it's yeah. an interesting time that now there yeah. is a little more something for everyone. I'm not saying it's the best no, thing. I, I again, I think that's a thing that like will fundamentally undermine what I'm watching and it okay. makes me go like why would I believe that? It's another thing that wrestling fans are willing to buy into that I'm not. Like mm-hmm. I we I see moments where, you know, a re- like oh, fuck, I'm trying to think of the example. Like there was one where Yokozuna like cowered in fear. He fell down when he saw the Undertaker like freaking out and then like they fought. And I'm like, "So you're trying to tell me that, that was this 1994 guy 1994 too. Well, right? I know, but I mean, mm-hmm. but you know what I mean? Like you th- that that type of thing happens all the time sure. where it's like, "Well, what what plane what plane of reality do these two things exist where it's like I am a coward of this man or I will take him on or I will fight next week and be t- like, who the fuck? If I watch somebody fall, like if, if I got in a fight at the pack theater, which should never happen. But, you know, and like, uh, you know, somebody fell down and cowered and like shook and stuff. Yep. Nobody would ever go like that guy's tough. Nobody would ever. <laughs> nobody. You couldn't. He couldn't All come right. back to the theater next week and be like, you know, I think he could take someone. OK. And that That's happens amazing. all the time. Amazing. <laughs> I hate it. All right. We, 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 we've you gone broke them. So, no, they're like, oh, that guy, is that guy coward and fear? Like, that guy's tough. That guy's awesome. Hey, man, don't mess with that dude. Yeah. He's my favorite. He's a coward. <laughs> he's, like, he's literally my favorite. Like, nobody would. That never happened in real life. Happens all the time. Okay. 
we we have we have three more clips. We're going to leave them online. We're going to talk about them kind of just in glancing at the yeah, end. Sure, but let's yeah. just we're, they're all online. Boardwalkaudio.com forward slash you should love wrestling. Clips will be there to help yes. you fill in the story. Yes, for sure. So let's kind of let's go ahead and go through. And I guess you want to just give like this storyline its rating, right? Yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's go. Let's rate it out of you know one to five. Uh, Are we uh, doing the five star burn, rating? Burned faces. Uh, <laughs> burned faces. Yeah. yeah, zero yeah, to five, five star, star burned faces. faces. Uh, yeah, I'll start. Um, you know, I I was I've seen some of these clips, but sure. I'm also I also this isn't quite my time of when i was like i mean i was like two yeah uh so but over the years i have learned Wait, that a little, doesn't add up i I'm, thought you were 21 uh, 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 <laughs> negative 10 plus two i'll, uh, turn, I'll turn you universe so um these clips did help fill in a lot for me and i really sure. hadn't like dove super deep into the garvins and i know you were very excited to check them out so i oh, or yeah. to talk about them so yeah. i was very excited to check them out um so overall I, I mean i don't have necessarily like probably the investment that that brian had in this but i thought this was really cool and i liked Learning more about these guys. I always love seeing Jim Cornette. Mm -hmm. I loved the promo. I loved that one shot. Yeah. Uh, I thought this stuff was really, really cool overall. And I'm it makes me more interested as everything that I do see about a lot of these guys makes me more interested in people like the Garvins and the Midnight mm -hmm. Express and the Rock and Roll Express as I continue to see more and more clips of these guys over time. So I'm gonna give all this stuff I'm gonna give it a four out of five. I think oh, it's wow. really, yeah, awesome. <clears throat> not bad, not bad. All right. Uh, Brian, why don't you go? go uh, well, two uh, it's, it's uh, that's funny to me because uh, this is this is a solid. I, I'm trying to look at it objectively uh, and not just you know my own personal taste. And mm -hmm. this is a solid mid card um, feud between uh, you know tag teams. On that, this is three and a half. This is okay. three and a half star feud, and it's exactly perfectly where it's supposed to be. If this is like the third or fourth match from the last match. Uh, something like Starcade or Great American Bash, perfect. Okay, right, um, and even maybe even a little bit higher. Like if it wasn't one of their big ones, if it wasn't Starcade, if it wasn't Great American Bash, when like, uh, if this was like the last match right before the Bunkhouse Stampede, like this would be fantastic. Three and a half star like that because it does have guys, uh, but like the working that is like when we actually got to the match at the Crockett Cup and you, yeah. and, and Steam's like what the fuck is going on I'm like yeah they weren't doing the great tech there was a there's a little comedy match at one point like yeah. the, the two you know Stan Lane and Bobby Eaton like turn and run into each other like oh yeah. go backwards yeah. that's fun um so yeah I'd probably I'd probably give it three and a half it's just because uh, I'm also trying to temper it with my own memories of like these guys and like Chief Wahoo McDaniel and mm -hmm. the uh, the Raging Bull Manny Fernandez and the Boogie Woogie Man Jimmy Valiant there's a there's a whole you talk about things that would piss you off and that I <laughs> I did not do the angle where for a very long time Ronnie Garvin pretended to be a uh, pretended to be Miss Georgia and would come out dressed up like a woman with like in a sweater and fake tits and a blonde wig and makeup on and he would come in and like interfere interfere in matches and everyone just pretended it was her but with like a wink like it was pink and then it that's the kind of shit that <clears throat> and then like saying yeah and then Jim Cornette would be like uh to be perfectly honest uh we don't like Ron Ron just liked to dress up like a woman sometimes <laughs> and so uh Dusty thought it was funny and so they turned into an angle like that that kind of stuff would uh, you at home cannot see, but Steven just kind of like looked at the sky and raised yeah, his yeah. palms is like, why? He looks yeah, upset. Yeah. I can't possibly yeah. But right. Ronnie but Ronnie Garvin, the reason why he got the nickname the Hands of Stone is like he is legitimately like he was a bruiser and like they would be in bar fights on that. And it would be like him and like another guy against six guys, and you'd be lucky to get your hands on one guy because <laughs> Ronnie had knocked out four of them. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. Like that's that kind of stuff. Yeah. 
I buy it. All right, so three and a half three there. And a half, four. That's pretty good. Okay, so I think um, ultimately, like, I agree with you that yeah, we have this long take. It's very uh, a touch of evil. It's perfect. It's great. They do a good job with that. Everything's in its place. It really works. Um, there, you know, these characters. I have a little trouble following, but I always do, especially like sure. at that time of going like exactly like. Who do I love and why do I love? Like, it's a little hard to pick this all that This is a straight-laced older brother. This yep. is a younger, hot-shot right. brother who sort of uh, learned the air of his ways because his older brother got hit, uh, got beat up by the two the two twins in town that are mm-hmm. the bad guys, and they say, fuck that, we're going to go over and kick these guys' ass. Right. Like, if you just put it into, like, a neighborhood in the yeah, South right. or a neighborhood in New England right. or in Chicago just about or in Brooklyn, yeah. you go yeah. like, wait a minute, someone beat up my older brother? I hey, man, it. tie my ponytail back. We're going to go beat the fuck out of these guys. Yeah, no matter what kind of differences we've <clears throat> yeah. had in the past. Yeah. yeah, I think that's true, and I think that's fair. I think that's, uh, you know, it's a good, it's a story. It works. Um, Great. Uh, you know that I still think like that moment is one part of the story that leaves me wanting more that I think ultimately makes it not so satisfying. The resolution of it, I feel like needs to be, yeah, like him beating the shit out of Jim Cornette. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. there's the there's the like four brothers version of it where they kill Jim Cornette and he's dead forever for doing that. Sweet uh, four brothers reference. <laughs> Have you seen Four Brothers? I love that movie. Yes. Yeah, I've never <laughs> actually that seen that final it. shootout scene is very well directed. They did they did they a great job with that one. Yeah. It's worth checking out. I also out, like legitimately like that like people caught bullets in that movie movie yeah like it's not that thing of like oh man no i'm fine like yeah like everyone got <laughs> killed except for you guys and you just come out and like one dude's got a limp like no they all legitimately like caught yeah. they it's, caught shells they take it takes <laughs> yeah they take it to a, a good level again a good yeah. level of reality i think that that's fun anyway um you know there's that version of it or there's the version of it where he like learned something or you know can beats up jim Cornette and he loses to himself he tries to fireball him and he burns himself or what you know the power of good and it's just like nah it's like oh we just kind of like roughed him up a little bit and jim Cornette's a real coward and uh but we're we're bad but we also have remember, you also have to remember like these guys could only do so much because they had to work the next day. And I, they had to go to the next town. And I get that. Try imagine like we talk about like television, like seeing an episode of The Walking Dead where everyone in the country watches it the exact same time when yeah. it comes mm-hmm. on that night. It's Sunday night, but these guys would have to do that Sunday night and then retell that story five other times throughout the week. Throughout and go the to week. small towns where they yeah. do the house shows and all that. There's always you're on a bump. What do they call it? the uh, your bump meter? There's mm. only so many bumps yeah. you yeah, got in you. So many like, you yeah. take. So, yeah, some of that stuff is silly and some of that stuff I'm like, man, that could have like this was building up to the very end. You've really gone for it. Yeah. And then it's only it's only like 15, 20 years later when you listen on the podcast. She's like, well, that's because, uh, you know, we couldn't tell him. But Stan had a, a torn rotator cuff. Right. Couldn't lift mm-hmm. his arm a, above his shoulder. But we couldn't tell nobody that because then they would make Stan get the surgery and then we'd all be out money. Right. Yeah. So we just try to figure out how we could do this. They just right. all their injuries. Yeah. Yep. And I get there's 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 a lot of cuffs there. So, like, I'm not being entirely fair to it. I agree with that. And I think I think you're right. But. Ultimately, it just it's it's only it's only part of the thing, and I still it leaves me wanting. It leaves yeah. me wanting. No, and there's also there's storytelling ways that they could have worked around that. Sure, that would have made it still be satisfying. I, yeah, and yeah, and I and also that's the thing I'll, I go back to a lot. I was like, you couldn't have done it better. You couldn't have made it more satisfying. I just feel like wrestling's hard. It's hard for them to close the loop, and and I get why. Yeah, uh, but I'm like, just close more loops, and I think it'll be fine. I think everything will be fine. You can find bigger stories that will continue, and everything will be fine. I think you will get. That that way as well to be perfectly honest when when you get to a lot of those old old timers like mcmahon and dunn mm-hmm. and all those uh guys to start retiring you take someone like you know triple h who 
is a wrestling historian, loves yeah. the business on that. Yeah. But he's also like, he legitimately understands like, this is where the business is going. Yep. He's been very big about bringing in women, bringing in people from foreign countries. Yep. Bringing not in fucking guys. up the people <clears throat> that he's developed. Yes. <laughs> you know, like not burying people on that. I think he will do that now because they consider themselves storytellers first yeah. and foremost. Yeah. And then, yeah, because there's nothing you and then the two guys in the room who love this, we can all agree that there is absolutely nothing more frustrating than you had a year to build up to this, and that's what you fucking that's what you came up with. with? Yeah, yeah. It yeah. was a little person. Why did you have a? <laughs> why did you have a laptop computer as a as a mystery manager? First of all, it's a gimmick that you took from the from the, a fucking game show. The raw yeah. general manager, the anonymous general manager. Anonymous oh, general manager. Love and then it. like went forever and went like, who's behind it? Who's this person that's been, you know, like... Oh, it's Hornswoggle. It? And, and, it's a, and it's a little person. Yeah. Yeah. What? And because that's... Because that at the very right end, out. Vince changed his mind and said... That's ah, ah, funny. That's ah, funny. It'd be hilarious. Yeah. Once those guys sort of go away and you have guys who are literally just like... Yeah. Writing stories and you have guys who are showrunners... Yeah. Like you have in television yep. and have these big long arcs and have an entire whiteboard... That everyone goes like, all right, this is what everyone is doing for the next year. We're going to make it. And if someone gets injured or if yeah. an actor. Yeah. Same way on we'll a television a show. If an actress yeah. gets pregnant, you got to write it out. It, it's fine. Write it out. I yeah, think write there around, will be but, full... but these big like swerves just to swerve and all three of us yeah. going, what the what? fuck? Yeah. I do think there will be what? a full changing of the guard for them very yeah. soon. I, day, I really, yeah. really do. Hopefully. Well, I mean, ultimately, anyway. So uh, ultimately, uh, it's an interesting clip. The points the points that you said, I, I totally agree with. And I agree with uh, a lot of your points as well. Yeah. I mean, I can see it. I'm trying. Sure. Uh, uh, you know, uh, Jimmy, I, I also have to give it the, this. Like, I'm, I'm trying to just give everybody like it's almost like, what's your argument? Do I can I basically get on board with it? And I think even just like the Jimmy Garvin's like wrestling entrance. I'm like, yep, fucking hate that guy. <laughs> Supposed to hate that guy. So great. They did their job right. Uh, there's, so, a, just, there's a, just a small part of you going like. Look at this ridiculousness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, I think I hate, yeah. Yeah, maybe maybe that, I mean, yeah, when maybe that's deep she comes by with, with, with the hairspray and Jesus he's just checking himself. Christ. Killing it's the ludicrous. ozone layer. Somebody just kick him right in the Killing stomach. The uh, <laughs> then he's done his he's job. He's done his job. Uh, but ultimately, I think this the rating for this one, for me, yeah, it's going to give it, I think a two and a half. Two and a half seems I, fair for that. Right. For, for a guy that, that does not like wrestling, that's uh, okay. You'll that's take on it. Par. I'll take it. I'll take it. That sounds about right. Hey, man, I'm just trying to get par. That's all I can hope for. I'm uh, sorry, it wasn't Ricky Dragon <laughs> you know what? and Macho Man. Yeah, yeah. Why can't they all be this good? God. I think that's a fair question. You have to raise the standard. You can't just work at the <laughs> bottom forever. Okay. Uh, well, that was a great episode. Uh, Brian, thank you so much for coming Thank you, on. guys. Yes, really sir. Thank you for the show. For a long time. Having this marathon conversation. What is the art of wrestling? We figured it out. <laughs> uh, is there anything that you want to plug or share with the listening audience? Uh, gosh, this won't be out in time. But, uh, uh, yeah, I do a lot of stuff on the pack. Point, Obviously, yeah. uh, Dr. God is, is my main comedy mm-hmm. troupe that I do stuff with. Uh, DrGodComedy.com. You can go there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a new show I'm starting uh, at the pack. It's uh, the fourth Saturday of every month at 9 p.m. called WPCK. Oh, yes. Where, nice. Yeah, it's a uh, sort of a crazy uh, netherworld version of like a, I usually say it's like uh, WKRP in Cincinnati <laughs> if there was no plot and uh, you still liked it. <laughs> like, I don't know what's going on, but it's going like, we yeah. got a, are you going to be dropping some turkeys <clears throat> in this show? What's that? You can be dropping some turkeys in this show? Uh, yeah, I swear to God, as God is my witness, I thought they could fly. <laughs> I thought turkeys could fly. Uh, yeah, it's a lot of stuff like that. Like, cool. Uh, so by the time this one comes out, because uh, 
uh, the first one is coming up here Saturday, June twenty fourth. If uh, if Great. I dated this self, if I yeah. dated this episode unnecessarily, yeah, feel free to cut that out. It's in. Um, but by the by the time this next one come up, uh, the yeah, the end of August, that'll be WPCK two, and that will be uh, we're gonna do all fifty states. Great. Yeah. And Great. where can people find purchase rent blood sucking bastards? Oh, uh, pretty much everywhere. It's on Showtime right now. Nice. Uh, but you can get it on Amazon. You can get it on uh, iTunes. All that stuff. It's uh, yeah. So Showtime or Hulu, uh, obviously, is where Showtime stuff is on there. Uh, but you can also get it at Best Buy. You can get it at uh, Target, Sweet. Uh, Walmart. It's under blood sucking bosses in some of those places. Because, okay. Yeah. Because of you know Christianity in the Midwest, you can't say bastards. Uh, yeah. yeah. And I don't. Yeah. And check. I never do. Yeah. <clears throat> yep. All right. Uh, well, awesome. Thank yeah. you so much thank for coming. You Brian James stuff. O'Connell. Thank you for coming, sir. Thank you, Nick. Thank you, Stephen. Uh, I guess that's everything. Yeah, Steven. it really does it. But Stephen, yeah, man. God, whoa, what's up? Oh, I just, I'm thinking. <laughs> throw my phone across thinking, the fucking I, I, room. I, I got to ask you this question: If you could just stop throwing your phone for a second, no, <clears throat> Stephen. Okay, we've reached the end of the show. Hey, do you love wrestling? I don't. Damn it, we're almost there. No, we didn't win. Well, now, Stephen, I do have a gift for you, though. You said that you were trying to get your par. Didn't you uh, say I'm that? Always trying to, yeah, I'm always I'm trying, trying to get, get your par. par. Yeah. Well, Stephen, I got uh, you some par. Great. From 1985 in the soundtrack of St. Elmo's Fire, oh. here's John Parr with St. Elmo's Fire, Man in Motion. I can see a new horizon underneath those places. Thanks for listening. If you want to reach out to us on Twitter, you can find us at YSLW Podcast. Or if you have match suggestions or questions, shoot us an email at you should love wrestling at gmail.com. Nick, where can we find you on social media? Oh, guys, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Nick Gligor, G-L-I-G-O-R. What about you, Stephen? You can find me all across the internet at Pearlstein. And if you want to hear more podcasts, check out I Love You and I Like You, my other podcast all about parks and recreation. Don't forget to listen and subscribe to the show on iTunes. Leave us a five-star rating and leave us a nice comment. We might even read it on the air. Thanks for listening, and we will catch you next time. This has been a Boardwalk Audio podcast. For more information and shows, visit BoardWalkAudio.com. Don't forget to rate and subscribe now.